Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. All right, everyone ready? We recorded? Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. And we have a special guest host, Darren Weens. Hello. 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 <laughs> this is episode number 128, Listener Series Volume 12 with Darren Weens. Nice. I even pronounced it correctly. I'm, I'm happy. I was going to ask nice. if he got it right. Yes, he did. I'm glad you got it Originally, right. Originally, I was going to say D- Dar- Darren Wines. <laughs> well, that's what you guys have been calling it when you've uh, yeah, uh, talked about some of my messages and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good good that you're, although I've been called worse. So, that's the, Wines isn't too bad. So, see, yeah. Steve, stop saying Wines. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, let's catch up with everyone's week. Uh, who would like to go first? Hmm. I would let get, uh, Darren go first. Dad, oh, why don't boy. you go first? You never go first. <laughs> hey, oh, talk about geez. dragging a joke through the mud. You're not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. I was just about to say Steve should go first because uh, he never goes first. But, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, how's my week? I, I flew this weekend. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, I got eight flights in on Saturday and only seven of those were with my helicopters. And other than that, the... Wait, wait, wait. What's the eighth one then? Someone <laughs> else's helicopter? Yes. Ah, cool. nice. Yes, I, I, I am fortunate. I, uh, I do get to go and get the opportunity to fly other people's helicopters, not regularly, but uh, somewhat regularly. Uh, but right okay. now, I've been looking. I'm considering buying a new 700 helicopter. Yes, I saw and your post. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm still having trouble trying to decide, <laughs> and. So one of my, my one of my friends here, he just got the new T Rex seven hundred X. Nice, yeah. So it's supposed he, to be really uh, good. Yeah, he volunteered to let me take it out for a flight on Saturday, so I got to throw that around to the best of my ability, anyways, and uh, see what it's like. So I don't know. I'm still not decided. <laughs> really? Okay. We'll, we'll oh. talk about that because I want to. We'll, we'll talk in, during the main topic. I'll, I'll, yep. I'm going to ask that. I want to see. Well, you'll see when you start asking other questions, you'll start to see a little bit why. Okay. <clears throat> so other than that, I did. I have a scale helicopter yet too. I was at a fun fly a couple of weeks ago, and unfortunately, the wind blew my scale helicopter off the table. Oh, ah, that sucks. Yeah. Um, fortunately, the damage wasn't bad. Uh, it's just a couple of links on the head that are uh, bent. From so far is all I can tell. I've got what about the fuselage, though? Any, the any... fuselage has a bit of damage, but at the same time, it's not that big of a deal, the damage. Um, I'm actually the third owner of this fuselage, and it's oh, okay. never been finished or painted yet. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, and it looks like the only thing that uh, is damaged on the fuselage is a, a bit of a crack in the tail where I, there actually already was a crack. So, and I know how I'm going to fix it, so it shouldn't be too bad. So nice. Yeah. Okay. So, That's good to hear. I think it's just the uh, a couple of links that are bent, and I, I got to track down a couple of things for the link for the head. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, that's pretty much it for RC stuff for me this week, anyways. Oh, cool. Nice. All right, yeah. Kevin. Oh, I'm going to go next? Okay. Yeah, you never go next. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop that. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, so yeah, you go next. <laughs> we went to, down to the field on Sunday. We weren't mm-hmm. sure whether we we're going to get a monsoon or not like that on Saturday, but it was pretty windy down there. Yes, and I had a good time, man. I flew the Oxy 285 a little bit, the 255 a bunch of times, and wound up crashing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As usual. As usual. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which I tell you, it's only, it's got to be like 10 bucks worth of parts when I crashed that. Well, it was the, the blades I broke too, so maybe like 25 bucks worth of parts or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, probably more like 35. 30, yeah. It's like probably around 25 bucks, I think, or 30 yeah. bucks. So it wasn't too bad. I mean, mm-hmm. and then I flew 690 once, something. I, I had the one way lock up on me a little bit, and I put some dry fluid on it, which I found out is not what you're supposed to put on it. But I think I'm going to run with it anyways, because we were talking before the show that I should like grease that. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna just see what happens. Uh, you know what we should do though. We should take we sh- at the field next time. Just uh, take the take that dry fluid off and just put actual one way bearing grease just to make sure. Like, because you just bought that one way bearing. Like, it would suck that if it, you know, would wear your main shaft or wear the one way out because you're using the wrong grease. Yeah. Well, the one way is locking up on you then. It did at the end of the flight a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. That's really strange. But you were saying something about the pins, right? Why don't you explain that again? Well, yeah, I was saying that the pins are kind of held into the slot with a little piece of metal that's shaped like a V kind of going out towards the end of each pin. And one or two of them was bent a little bit so that the pin itself was kind of crooked in the slot. So I'm going to, once I put the dry fluid on it and spun it around, it was, it was, it seemed a lot better. But uh, if you've got some actual grease, yeah, then I'll just pop the main gear out at the field. It comes out really easy mm-hmm. and we'll throw some grease on it then. Yeah. Let's actually use one way bearing grease and make sure that it works. Like, you know? Yeah. 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 And I started cleaning up the, uh, the shop, man. And, uh, that's been coming out really good. I, I'm getting rid of the drawers and stuff that I've got for free and just like stuff was building up like i had a drawer full of old servos and then a bin full of old servos and then old servos over here and there and you know just trying to get it all consolidated and more organized which is coming out good i moved my 3d printer over to the the counter in in the garage and just to get Mm -hmm. that away and my laptop that i use to control everything is so old man it's old celeron processor cord 2 or something silly like that so i wound up ordering Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff to put together a new PC, which was, um, you know, your Ryzen processor, AMD processor, little tiny yeah, mini you went ATX. With that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Went with that. Which, uh, which, uh, speed did you go? 1600, 1700, 1300? You remember um, which model? It's the model that has the built in graphics card, sort of, on the processor itself. So I don't need a graphics card, but I'm not playing games. I mean, you could game on this thing. I was trying to keep it under 500 bucks. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I got, I could probably look it up if you want to know exactly. No, I mean, we, we I don't could know talk off the top of my head. offline. Yeah, no worries. But, um, just curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I put that together tonight, loading Windows on that, and it only took me two attempts to actually nice. get Windows to load because I'm a seasoned Windows loader. 
What no, are you I, trying to say? I'm trying to say it didn't take me 10 attempts like somebody else. <laughs> I think it took me 10 attempts because the, the my hardware was broken. I'll just say it only I, took me one, it only took me one try on the new hardware. Oh, okay. I just yeah, going to yeah. say I don't I don't have the uh the the code memorized. I guess that's yeah, what I Yeah, no, that said. was from when I was rebuilding the old hardware. It oh, just okay. kept on dying on me and it was a hard drive that was failing, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bust your bubble right there. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, today I actually got my motor in from China too for the OpenRC nice. F1 car, which the car itself is he- heavy as it is, and the motor is actually adding a lot more weight to it. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing goes. I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical only because everything's printed. You know, the the gears, the gears are all printed and. Yeah, you know, it's just I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it should be interesting. Yeah, I saw your pictures. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it is, looks great. Is it going to have suspension and whatnot too? No, this this doesn't have any. It's a straight axle in the back, uh, just on two bearings, and then each front wheel has two bearings. So, and it's just I mean, there's a little bit of flex in the front, and the tires probably flex a little bit, but it's like your hardtail Harley Davidson. Sure. <laughs> okay, and those. Were Are you, the actual tires printed as well? No, the tires I bought online and had to 3D print a different set of rims that were that were specially made for the the tires. And that cool. was that was um yeah that was off a of Thingiverse. They actually had like if you buy these tires, you know they're like Tamaya tires. Then here's an updated okay. rim, and it came out nice. Came out pretty good. Nice. I'm curious to see how that goes, man. Yeah. And uh, it, how about the steering then too? The steering linkage, it's all, everything's 3D printed. Cool. Wow. It, you know, it comes back to a single servo and there's a little mount for that. Wow. Yeah. And it's yeah, just, I can't wait to see it. M3 bolts holding it all together. Get video. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it should be pretty funny. But I was, I was kind of actually surprised at how much it weighs because it's got some weight to it and I have to put, you know, the motor, the speed controller and the battery in it. Yeah, you haven't even put a battery pack in, right? Yeah, I got to do a a little research because I'm not even sure what. It's probably probably 7.4. It's probably a two cell that this thing runs on. Mm, But I'm not sure. I'm not. I have to. I have to check the uh, the site again. I got off a thing of verse. Oh, Mm -hmm. the motor and speed controller you got from there too? No, the motor and speed controller I got off of eBay. Okay, like a package deal. That's probably why it took so long. But um, you mean from China, from China, yeah, they're <laughs> that's why it takes so long. Yeah, brushed motor and oh, okay, should have gone brushless. Well, they call for a brushed motor. I, I, I said, yeah, it could go with a brushless, but it probably ripped the gears apart. Yeah, it might have too much torque or initial torque, you know. Maybe is it sort of a five forty style motor can motor? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's the so later on, then you could always go and upgrade that if you needed to, then too. Yeah, and there's a, another project I've been printing. I kind of put on hold. There's a RC tank, a speed tank. It's called. Yeah, and and that I believe has two brushless motors on it. Two. Oh, yeah. and one on each side. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, cool. Yeah, and that thing moves out from what I've seen in the video. Yeah, I want to build one. Yeah, hmm. I got I got most of the parts p- printed for that. I I found that my the the 3D printer that the 1.75 that I have is printing better for this type of stuff I download off of Thingiverse. And when I say that, I mean the little wheels for the tank 
actually have the exact dimensions needed for the bearings to be just pushed right in. It, they they mm. fit in real nice, so that's been working out really well. So I got Sweet. that on the back burner. So what have you been up to, Steve? Yeah, so we flew on Sunday, <clears throat> brought the Oxy Four Synergy Five Super Stretch Goblin Black Thunder and the Black Nitro. So I kind of had four helis with me. Oxy Four ran through all the battery packs. Was good, no issues. You know, maybe a couple close calls, but nothing crazy. The Synergy, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm gonna call that the battery killer. <laughs> <laughs> it likes to kill the battery packs that I have, and I, you know, I guess it's you know. I'm, I have to go either a higher C battery or maybe because it's six cell, it's just, you know, it doesn't have enough kind of overhead. And uh, I've been kind of puffing the batteries I have with well, that. When so. you're pulling 180 amps out of a battery, it's. No, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I peaked out at 168. And, oh, jeez. I mean, that's peak, though. That's like, you know, I mean, who knows? That's like for a second or maybe two seconds. That's not, that's not going to be, I'm not holding that for a long time. But, dude, that's when you're stabbing the battery in the heart. 168 amps. <clears throat> yeah. You but, are. I don't know. I feel like. That's uh, hard on a battery, man. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, know. that reminds me of the old T-Rex 600 6S days, which is, you know, I had years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. even that thing was hard on batteries spinning six, uh, you know, 600 blades. And you're spinning, what, 700s? Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I was running 715s, and then I went down to, or 713s, and I went to the 693s now. So, um, you know, and I would think the 693s are, would be a little bit less on the, on the draw, which... I don't know. Maybe I'm just flying it harder. I think I'm just flying it harder because I pulled more amps than I've ever this past weekend on that heli. Oh, so you turned it into a small 700. It is a small 700. Oh, okay. But I was able to run big blades, unlike your small 700. (laughs) 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 That's where I was going. Uh, Shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's a freaking 500 (laughs) airframe. You know, it's small. You saw it. When, you, when I'm flying that thing, the pod part of the pod and boom looks tiny compared to the blades in the boom. The canopy is a joke. Yeah. On, it's on, like on this little blades, white yeah. little thing. Yeah, yeah. It's tiny. But, you know, overall, I'm still enjoying it. And it flies pretty, you know, damn good and super light. Like, yeah. I mean, ridiculously light. See, that interests me. I, I've chatted with chris reibert about his too and a, a, mm-hmm. a super light 700 man that yeah. that's interesting to me because well yeah because i have a super light 700 and i'd love to get another something like mm-hmm. that yeah and, but i don't know if I, I i'm not sure about 6s to me that's man that's pushing your batteries hard. i think that's the only way you can get out an, underneath a nine pound mark is to go 6s like if you bring Probably, it up to 12 yeah. it's you know even with small 12s packs like I don't know, maybe 3,300s or 3,000s, which are like your 570, 12S packs um, on a Goblin. Those, you know, to fit in that, the um, to fit inside the airframe, you know, you can't be that big. And the, the 5,000s are just too long, you know, so. Uh, well, my current 700, I'm running 12S 3,700s on it, and the whole helicopter mm-hmm. weighs 9.5 pounds. Yeah. So yeah, to get it under nine pounds, you probably would have to run six S. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah. So, but the uh, let's see, the black thunder. Um, I had I only took I only actually took that up. I want to say 
once. Yeah, I only flew that once. Um, I had four truck batteries charged, but I only got a chance. I had to like leave at a certain time. So I only got one flight on that. And like, I'm doing some flips and I'm doing my, you know, my maneuvers and stuff. And there's one part where, um, I'm coming tail in from, it's a the helicopter is a little bit out there. So I'm coming in tail in and I went to go do a backflip, but I didn't pop and I was only about five feet, 10 feet off the ground, something low. So the helicopter, if you think about a helicopter at 10 feet high, let's say, right? And you just pull back elevator, it starts to dip down, right? Like the tail starts to dip down. And and since I'm not popping it up, it, it's not a stationary flip. It was more of a, I don't know, a falling flip. And I dug real hard into the collective. Oh, like boy. really hard, like full negative as it was coming down. So it's kind of did a U shape, like a whoop, you know, up. And I dug so hard in the collective that the tail kicked out. And I've never done that on the Goblin Black Thunder ever. <laughs> so oh, I, to my surprise, I was like, ooh, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, the tail kicks out. Like, that That doesn't bother me too much. Um, But, yeah, it was just because it was so far out. And when I started flipping and I saw a drop because I didn't give any positive, I overcorrected by giving tons of negative collective. Um. But yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it survived. I, I did the rest of the flight, you know, kind of shook it off and did the rest of my routine, my maneuvers on it, and, and everything was okay. Um, I did do a couple flights on the Black Nitro, and, you know, the more and more I fly that heli, I'm really just digging, like, a Nitro with a Goblin airframe. Like, you know, the N7 is a fantastic heli. You know, they're both fantastic helis, but... I don't know. I, I I like goblins. You know, I like the way they look in the air. I like the visibility. I like having the the boom. It helps a lot for me. So, um, yeah. Let's see. What else did I do? Oh, so you know, because I had that close call where I almost dug the tail in. I almost pogo the tail in. Uh, I was you know I was thinking about it like, you know, should I buy another tail boom like in the custom paint scheme I have? You know, it probably wouldn't be too much, and it might. Just give me that like extra security, like hey, I have an extra tail boom, so I'll probably never hit the tail on the ground, you know, kind of deal. Oh, so boy. I'm thinking about just taking, you know, emailing Canomon and say, hey, can you just you know give me another tail boom, and, which would be good because that tail boom will work on the Black Nitro or the Black Thunder, and since they're twins and they have the both pa- same paint scheme, it, you know, it wouldn't be any difference. Like if I, you know, knock on wood, put the you know, Nitro in. You know, I just put that boom on, or if it's uh, you know, electric, I just put the boom on. Like it doesn't matter. So, so I'm thinking about it, and you know, it shouldn't be too bad on price, and it's just a boom. So the shipping and stuff overall shouldn't be too bad. So I'm thinking about that. But I did order some new goodies for my black nitro. So one of the things that I've, uh, you know, like you have certain pilots that have like a, like a niche, I guess, or like. You know, like something that kind of separates them from their helis, I guess, more than anything from other pilots. Um, you know, like a lot of people like the three-bladed setups, you know, or... Mine are in the uh, ground. That separates me from a lot of the other helicopters. Sure. Some, pilots. some some pilots like that, too. Yeah, you know, seems to be more of those than not. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things I love about my Black Thunder is the three-bladed tail. I just, I can't, 
I like you know how you're saying, Kevin, every time you fly your 690, it puts a smile on your face. Same thing with the Oxys, right? Every time I fly the Black Thunder and I do the tail down funnels, I just hear the ah! screaming tail. I just love it. And so I'm like, well, these are twins. So I ordered this three bladed tail system for my Black Nitro so I can match it up. Nice. Yeah, so now, so do that's you have coming. to do anything different or you just put that on? Or do you have to change like the pinion on the tail or anything like that? Tail shaft? Um, I'm probably, I'm, yeah, I have to look that up. I probably have to replace the tail pulley gear, but I didn't order it. It didn't come with it. It was like a kit, you know, it comes with like the, the tail shaft, your slider and your arms and stuff. Right. You know? So it comes with everything. So I, I figured, let me just slap it in there and see if, uh, if I need to change the gear ratio, if it's too high or I'll look it up. So I haven't ordered that yet. And I can, you know, I can order that separately if I need to, uh, but I did have to order a three-bladed tail set, obviously, you know, because I don't have a three-bladed. I don't actually. I do have one, but it's it, there's the only you know I fly a switch. So since switch doesn't actually make a three-bladed tail set, I'm just gonna put the SAB ones on there. Okay. So I ordered those two. And final thing for my week is my charging case should be shipping soon, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I tried. Discharging batteries on the ISDT charger. And even at like, I don't know, trying to discharge at like one amp, it just says, nope, don't want to discharge. So I haven't been able to discharge by those three Black Thunder uh, battery packs that I got. So I need this charger. This charger is definitely the Rev Electric, so we'll have no problems discharging these batteries. You or I need love to, that charger. Yeah. Yes. I hope so. I was, you know, <laughs> I spent a lot of money on this charging case, so I hope, uh, you know, it's worth every penny. You know, I know, I know the job that Joe does is great, but just the charge itself, I don't know. I've never used the Rev Electrics. I don't have any experience with it. I only have experience with cheapo Turnigy chargers and um, the iCharger series. So I just switched to the Rev Electrics bump charging this spring, mm. and uh, I, I, I had some issues right off the bat okay um because mine mine's also the 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 new touch series like what you ordered or like what you're uh-huh. getting did you go with the eight or the six i got the eight i heard um, the eight has some weird issues with it, uh it does in fact there's a big thread on facebook that i posted about it right um, right fortunately mm-hmm. rev electrics has fixed it yeah and they've been almost upgraded? flawless mm-hmm. since then and the ah, good. bump charging is awesome it's it's fantastic i love it it's so yeah, and, easy to charge now. And what's great is, uh, I mean, not my smaller batteries, but all my stick packs. I have I have tons, of, like I have the Mikado ID tags on there for the goblins. And, you know, I have so many of those extra tags. <clears throat> because I have like the whatever, you know, I, all my 700s at one point had that. And then I basically reduced my fleet to only one 700 that does 12S. So, um, so I have all those extra tags. Yeah, I think. Well, is it is it the, the bump charger will read the Mikado tags, or is it the Mikado yes. will read the bump charger <clears throat> tags? No, Mikado is not opening up their tag system to read other people's tags. But Revelatrix says, "I don't care NFC tag, okay. I'll read it." So, yeah. so from what I heard from Ed, um, our friend Ed Johnson said. Yes, the Mikado tags will work with the bump charger, just not the other way around, which I'm okay with. Okay, I knew it was one way. I didn't, couldn't remember which way it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I, so I've actually got two of the uh, eight, eight T's. Uh, 
T- DPL 8Ts, and I love them. Two of them? Yeah, I bought two of them. Wow. It's, I got sick and tired of waiting for batteries to charge. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so, how many batteries do you charge at a time? <laughs> uh, well, see, I was doing a lot of parallel charging over the years. And I'm yeah. trying to reduce the amount of parallel charging that I do. Okay. And I don't have a whole, I don't have a huge amount of batteries either. Yeah. Um, so, and plus my other, my old charger that I had, it was starting to have a few issues. And so I finally figured, forget it. And I, uh, I bought two of them and uh, I can get all my batteries charged in about an hour and a half the night before. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is, and, and that's not even charging very fast then either. Because I don't like right. to do really high high rate charge rates. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, one, I don't do more maybe two C max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep using my iCharger 306B, just like I used my 1990 Toyota pickup. I'm going to drive it till it freaking buries itself into the ground. <laughs> I'm just going to keep using it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Those are good w- chargers. Yeah, yeah. I would have kept on using my iCharger 4010 if it didn't, you know, explode. Be- become the puff the magic dragon on me yeah. Yeah, no, i actually I, still have an eye charger was it 10 no the uh, 206b i think is what i have mm-hmm. okay. and i mean it's it's just an old workhorse it's only a small little charger but i still use it all the time that's all you need for like especially small batteries if you're just doing yeah. you know small stuff for sure yeah it's funny because steve looked at mine this weekend he was like i love the way the charger itself is starting to patina because it's been on the sun for so long. Yeah, it has like that, like, uh, what is it? It's kind of like a... It's starting to turn like copper color. Yeah, kind of copper, like bronze, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's used. Awesome. Yeah. It's been well used. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Those are good chargers. They they really are. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I think, they are, I think the iCharger series is definitely falling behind times with all the new... You know, technology that's gone into battery charging. Plus, it's not even that. Like, if I heard like comparisons between iCharge and Revel Electrics, even the old dual power labs, that the balance is the balancing portion is so much better on the Revel Electrics. Like, they they know how to balance the battery properly. You know, yeah, um, and quickly because that's yeah. that's usually the, you're wasting the last like I would say five to ten minutes of a charge on your when you do your balance cycles. Is your balance charge is balancing. Yeah, you know, especially yeah. if your batteries get a little bit older and one cell starts to have a little increased IRs, it definitely um, takes a longer time. And I've seen my iCharge just sit there for like almost 15 minutes trying to balance it at, you know, like 4.19 and one's at 4.21 and it's just trying to charge, like try to get that balance and it takes forever. So, yeah. so I'm excited to see. And plus, I like the, I like the idea of the bump. I like the idea that like it's a it's a built case from Joe, you know, from Rotocraft RC. Yes, yeah. So it's like I open it up, you know, it's gonna be all nice and decked out, and boom, bump it, set my, you know, sent the bump tags, um, mm-hmm. with with what battery it is and all that stuff, and then just set it and forget it, you know. You remember bump, that scene charging. where Indiana Jones and uh, Sala grabbed the big stone off the Ark of the Covenant, man, and it came up and it was all this glow in his face that's gonna be you dude when you open up that case man mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. just like in uh, Pulp Fiction when they open up the briefcase they don't show you what it is ever but I believe there's a charger oh. <laughs> it's a charger from Joe yeah <laughs> nice I would love to get one of his one day but uh, just not gonna happen I mean what's good about Joe's because you have the dual power labs 8 T I mean you could just buy a kit 
you know, and they're they're not that bad price wise. You yeah. I actually built my own already, so nice. my my chargers are all each each one is in its own case. Ah, okay, cool. And uh, yeah, well, I've kind of decided both of them are running off of forty eight volts. Nice. And, uh, I've, they're each in their own case, mm-hmm. and it they look awesome. Actually, they they're not as polished as something that you would get from Joe, not by any means. Right, but they they work they work well. Uh, and I love them. Uh, you know, I, I can say I made them, <laughs> right? Sure. It's kind of nice that I can go and say I, I made them. The only thing is, uh, I, I didn't actually cut the deck itself. I've, uh, got a local friend of mine flying helicopter, flying friend of mine mm-hmm. who owns a plastics manufacturing company. Okay. And he will make just about anything I want kind of thing out of, or he can make just about anything you want out of plastic. He's built stuff for Disney and he's built stuff for full scale helicopters and he's nice. built all kinds of cool stuff. And, um, so I just give him a template of uh-huh. what I want, make, yeah. you know, make it out of plywood and he cuts it exactly the way I wanted it. And it, they, they look awesome. You know, nice. they're not as polished or as perfect as something Joe makes, but man, they sure are nice. Oh, that's cool, man. I'm happy with mine. Yeah, as long as you're happy and it works. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go into the main topic here. All right. So, Darren, Mm -hmm. how long have you been in the hobby? As an RC in general or just flying? Um, RC flight. But Um, you can talk about, you know, if you you started with ground stuff or, you know. Well, I did start. As you know, as a kid, I always want, my brother and I used to play with RC cars all the time. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's kind of funny because we, you know, back then magazines were uh, a lot more popular. Sure. And my brother and I would go and buy magazines all the time. He would always buy the RC car magazines, and I would always gravitate to the RC flying magazines. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I would do is try and look for a, an ar- a helicopter article in there. <laughs> it nice. was always helicopters. And uh, I guess it was about 15 years ago, something like that. I don't even remember dates. Uh, about 15, 16 years ago, um, I ended up finding a little uh, a nitro RC truck on uh, on Craigslist or on buy and sell or something like that years ago at that time. And mm-hmm. I was launching that thing a lot higher and further than a one-tenth scale RC truck should ever be flying. Okay. <laughs> turning yeah. Basically turning it into a plane. And mm-hmm. consequently, I was buying a lot of parts. Yeah. And got on a very f- good first name basis with my local hobby shop owner. And I walked in the store one day looking for parts again for the truck. And he had this little coaxial helicopter that he had just barely gotten. And he'd only had it in stock for maybe about a day or two. And, uh, well, I didn't get the parts for the truck, but I did walk out with a helicopter. Nice. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and I actually, believe it or not, I still have that helicopter. Really? Yeah, and, uh, what is it? Yeah, it's a Venom Ocean Rescue. Wow, never heard um, of that. <laughs> it's a coax. It was kind of like the competition to the Blade CX. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a coaxial helicopter. Uh, it looked kind of like a uh, the Mash helicopter or rescue helicopter from those days, mm-hmm. kind of a thing back then with the open lattice work on the back and whatnot. The hell, it actually still flies. I don't have any batteries for it anymore, but it still flies. Okay. Uh-huh. And I walked out with that thing. And I haven't looked back since. And that was wow. probably about 13, 
13 or 14 years ago, something like that is when I really, so you got that and that was it. Like all the ground stuff stopped and you just took flight. Pretty much, pretty much. I still have a couple of ground stuff. I've got mm-hmm. two nephews that are into the RC cars. So sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have two one ten. Uh, I've got a one tenth scale truck and I've got the uh, one fifth scale, uh, the low C DBXLE. Ooh, uh, nice. Fifth scale electric. That's a yeah. fun, fun buggy to, to bash around with. Nice, yeah. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's pretty much all flying stuff. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, as a kid, I always wanted to get my helicopter pilot's license. Yeah. And for various reasons, it just never worked out. And so this was my, my way into the hobby when I saw when I saw what was included with that Venomotion Rescue and the price, you know, being Canadian dollars, our prices are higher, but it was about $220 Canadian at that time and i'm like yeah i i can't walk out the store without buying it <laughs> and i haven't looked back since it's been it's been a blast nice uh, oh, yeah awesome and uh yeah and then i moved on to collective pitch shortly after and made uh, made a terrible decision on my next helicopter oh boy i gotta hear that story yeah i gotta hear what it is now yeah well that was another venom helicopter actually oh okay. um yeah, the my hobby shop. Or the, this was yeah, this was quite well before the Blade Four Hundred even came out. The Blade CP, I think, was still was out at that time or something like that. But that was not the one. It was a Venom Three D XL, um, and it was considered to be about a well, they called it a four fifty class, but it actually only ran three hundred fifteen millimeter blades, and. Well, people like to complain about the servos on the Blade 400 being weak. Uh-huh. Um, these were weaker. <laughs> Not only that, it came with a really terrible VHF radio system that had a lot of glitches. Oh, boy, and yeah. And <laughs> literally, there's actually, I was living at my parents' place at the time, and there's still a gash in my dad's garage door uh, <laughs> from the first time I tried to fly that thing. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> It went up and it was in the air for maybe ten seconds before it suddenly pitched over hard to to the side and it slammed itself into the garage door and it was another three months before I could get the get it back in the air again because it was such a new helicopter mm-hmm. nobody had parts in stock yet. <laughs> so it was like one of those DJI uh, videos I've seen where the guy hits the home button it slams into the garage door. You could say something like something that, yeah, like except that. there's no home button. No home button. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. and it turns out what happened was, too, it, it turns out it. I, I di- discovered this. In fact, that helicopter almost made me quit the hobby, too. Um, it turns out it had a terrible radio system in it, and I thought it was me because I'm just learning, right? I could, you know, I could do a little bit of flight with a coaxial, but I'd never flown a, uh, a collective pitch helicopter before. And... It just, yeah, it turns out uh, it actually had pitched itself into the ground, into the garage. Um, although I didn't learn that till uh, probably about 10 or eight, eight or 10 months later, uh, when I finally had another, uh, another fellow uh, from the local club, uh, help me out and it slammed itself into the ground. It, I would fight with this thing and fought with this thing and fought with this thing for months trying to go and get it to fly. And I was never able to hover for an entire battery pack. Not once. Wow. Could I get it to hover for even a whole battery pack? And it was just frustrating. And I, you know, I'm a beginner. I didn't know whether it was me or whether it was the, was whether it was the helicopter. And this other guy 
finally I got introduced. There was a, I was living in, uh, in Kamloops, British Columbia at the time. And, uh, there's, uh, there, there was three flying clubs in Kamloops that, uh, in the winter time they would get together and do indoor flying. Okay. And, uh, one of the, one of the members there was a family friend of ours and he had talked to my, my parents who, uh, uh, and who had told him that I'd gotten into RC flying. And so he invited me to come out. And, uh, so I did. And they had another, a guy there who had been flying helicopters since the, oh boy, he'd been flying helicopters, I believe, since the eighties. And, um, yeah, he was a long time helicopter pilot, although he had stopped by that point. He was actually, he's now well known in the <laughs> RC jet world actually now. He, okay. We, th- we think helicopters are expensive. You should try the oh, jets. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, and this guy is well known in the RC jet world out here. Um, but he he had also flown helicopters for years before, and actually competed as far as I know too. And so I had him test fly it, and the thing slammed itself into the ground on its own. And oh boy! He was you know when he flew it, and, and he was just sort of stunned. He's like, I, I didn't do anything. Right, and I right. said, and you know, and of course, you know, you you hate hate it when it crashes when you're flying somebody else's equipment right uh-huh. and fortunately for him i mean i told him i said you know what i said you just confirmed something that i've been starting to suspect i said i don't think it there or that it's definitely not me it's the helicopter that's been causing all these crashes you know it's definitely something else so i need to go and completely rethink what i'm doing and so i actually put that helicopter away and almost almost quit the hobby then at that point, uh, trying to decide what I was going to do, whether I was going right. to, you know, keep that helicopter or, or what. Um, and, uh, about three months or so after that is when I finally decided, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to see about looking to buy a new radio system for it. Okay. Um, and I walked into that same hobby shop again mm-hmm. and looking to buy, the original Spectrum DX7. Oh. And, yeah, the old one. Remember that? <clears throat> yeah. Yep. It was actually good radio. The Cylon-looking one. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he says, well, he says, yeah, he says, I can order that in for you. He says, I don't have one in stock. But he had the airplane version. That, that helicopter you could, or that transmitter, mm-hmm. they had either airplane or helicopter version. Yep, and like he had the airplane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had the airplane version in stock, but he did not have a helicopter version in stock. So he says, "I can order it for you," but he says, "I know you don't really want to get a new helicopter, but I just had these show up about a week ago." And he pulled out a Blade Four Hundred Ready RTF. Okay, and they had only been out for maybe two, three or four weeks. Uh, these were one of the first ones in at, or this was the, one of the first ones in his hobby shop. Um, and it was only, you know, ready to fly with a DX6i, everything I wanted, um, you know, for only about $100 more. And so I took that, ended up walking out with that and took it home, charged up the battery and promptly fired up the helicopter in my backyard. And okay. Wouldn't you know it? I hovered an entire battery pack without once nice. landing. Um, nice. I was I was so excited. I ran back to the hobby shop. I only lived uh, maybe about five minutes away. 
<laughs> I ran yeah. back to the hobby shop or drove back and I'm just, I'm walking to the store. I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> and that's where it started. That, uh, there's a lot of haters on the blade 400 out there, but man, that thing taught me to fly. I beat the X, out of that thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of easier to hover when you're giving it some, you know, collective and the tail's not pushing all over the place. <laughs> well, <laughs> like yeah. left and right and all over. Well, yeah. And actually, it wasn't so much the tail on that one. It was, it was the collective itself or the cyclic actually that would, uh, that would move. Oh. That was glitching on me. So it would slam itself in the ground or pitch over hard on the, to the right or the left on it. Oh, geez. Uh, uh, yeah, and it would just slam itself into the ground regularly. That old that old helicopter, and so this this Blade Four Hundred, man, I yeah, it, it basically taught me to fly. I upgraded everything on it. I put the full aluminum head on it. Eventually, mm-hmm. I put uh, uh, metal geared servos in there. I put a Futaba oh, full one gyro tail gyro on it, mm-hmm. um, nice. and I just uh, at that time too, I was uh, traveling all over British Columbia for work. So I had a case for it, and I took that thing with me. Uh, I had a company nice, truck yeah. that I would drive around, and yeah. in the evenings at the, you know, I'd find a schoolyard or place nearby, an empty lot near the hotel, mm-hmm. and and go practice flying. You know, between that and the sim, and uh, yeah, that thing, I just, I I could repair that thing in my sleep. I crashed it so many times, but at least yeah. this time I knew it wasn't because of the helicopter. It was because of me learning to fly. Right. Uh, yeah, that thing was just. I have so many good things, so many good memories of that helicopter. Yeah, it was it was great for a beginner like me. It was fantastic. Did you ever go with the the four fifty three D or the four like the other one? Was it the four fifty X? You ever tried no, the by, other one? By the time the four fifty X came out, mm-hmm. um, I was into six hundred and seven hundred size helicopters already by that time, and nice. I'm not a big fan of small helicopters anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so do you fly only helis, or do you dabble in planks or multi-rotors? Well, multi-rotors I find absolutely boring to fly, so I don't fly those. But I do have a couple planks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a nice 41-inch uh, 3D Hobby Shop Edge 540 that actually I need to repair. Nice. nice. I crashed that a, uh, earlier this spring already, unfortunately. Um, and so I got a bunch a balsa, of the... Right? Yeah, it's a balsa. It'll be my first time trying to rebuild a balsa. <laughs> Good luck. <Never> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Interesting. I, yeah. And I've got a bunch of little ultra micro planes and whatnot too that I fly around. Okay. But, uh, it's, it's mostly helis. I've got, oh, actually I've got a, I recently picked up a, one of the original apprentices as well. And, uh, okay. Okay. And, uh, working on flying that. Well, I've been flying that thing. I've got those, my nephews of, uh, been interested in learning to fly RC aircraft now too, so I figured I'll pick up the Apprentice. I got it for a smoking deal, and I figured I'll use that and maybe do do a bit of airplane training then as well. Nice, yeah, yeah. that's a good plane. Yeah, yeah it is. So, and I got a couple of indoor foamies as well, but yeah, it's mostly helicopters. Nice. So you're saying that you know you did some business travel and you bring that Blade 400 with you. So what do you do for a living? I am. Get ready for some big fancy words. <laughs> ready. I am a cathodic protection technologist. Okay, uh, so in layman's terms, <laughs> uh, I'm one of the guys that tries to keep gas lines from blowing up. How's that? Ooh. I'm a lethargic technician technologist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> but your job sounds a lot more interesting than mine. Yeah. I I work for the local natural gas utility. Okay. Okay. And what we do is we uh, we put an electric current on all the gas lines, on the steel gas lines to to try and help keep them from corroding. Oh wow! Is what it, wow! So it's kind of like one of our nicknames is the Rust Busters. Okay. Uh, so now, are you talking about like the pipeline type gas lines, or are you talking about yes. like? Oh wow! So many many miles of steel pipeline. Yeah, well, yeah, it can be anywhere from the high pressure here. I know the regulations down in the U.S. are a little different, but every uh, up here in Canada, um, all uh, there's the the law. Uh, the, it's required by law. All oil and or all oil and gas pipelines in Canada must have what they call adequate levels, uh, as he puts up his fake uh, quotation marks, um, <laughs> of cathodic protection uh, applied to them. Um, and li- really, if you look at, uh, um, leak histories between Canada and a lot of places in the U S uh, we actually do have a slightly better record for less leaks on, on oil and gas pipelines, uh, partly because of that. Um, and it, it does a really good job. I have like, well, I'm with the, the local natural gas utility, so we don't have, we have some cross country stuff or cross province stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of what I deal with is all the distribution stuff that goes right up to your house. Oh, okay. So okay. Your, your natural gas meter that you have in your house, uh, out here anyways, it'll have, if it's, if it's a steel pipe, which a lot of it is being converted to plastic now. Uh, really? But if, uh, if it is a steel, then you'll have a little electrical insulator on the, at the gas meter itself as well. And that's to keep that current from getting into your house piping. And uh, right, right. all I'm worried about is really just the the pipe under the ground. And we, I've got pipe that's been in the ground since the early fifties and you, you dig that up and it looks, it looks like it was put in the, the same way it was put in almost the day. Wow. You know, uh, huh. it, it, it really does help. It really does extend the life of a pipeline very well. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect, but it, uh, can greatly increase and, and help things out. So yeah, that's what I get to do. Wow. Nice. It's it's I, I quite enjoy it. I've been doing that for about thirteen years now as well. But I started that around the same time I started flying helicopters, actually. So, so what kind of pilot would you describe yourself as? Oh, a decent quality intermediate pilot, I guess. I'm not a hard smack kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to try and fly precision. And to make sure that I'm very controlled in what I'm doing. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of stick bangers where it's almost like they're just sort of, it looks impressive. The helicopter's flipping and rolling and pyro flipping and doing all kinds of things in the air. And it looks really good. But in a lot of ways, they're, they're still sort of letting the helicopter guide them a little bit as to what they're doing. And I would rather actually, you know, be the one in charge. So you saw my video. I didn't think anybody would pick up on that. <laughs> I have watched some of your videos. Yes. But yeah, I, that's what I, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a smack pilot. Definitely not by any means anyways. So uh, cool. I, I put it this way. I'm still learning. I, I well, I, I, ha- I can't even do a pyro flip yet. So. Okay. Well, kind of going into that, what's uh, a new maneuver you've been working on? I'm trying to focus, like I was saying, I'm trying to focus on a lot of pre- being precise and, and mm-hmm. 
and correct in what I'm doing and controlling what I'm doing. So one of the things I've am working on this year, I sort of try and focus on one thing every year. Okay. Um, and last year was auto rotations for me. And yes. this year is I, I really need to get inverted backwards flying, inverted backwards circuits down. Uh, nice. I, that's one I've been really struggling with. And, uh, inverted flying in general, it's, it's taken me a long time to start to work on that. And this year I can get down, I got inverted forward down. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. so it's now I got to do inverted backwards this year. So inverted forwards, you got down so you can fly upright backwards though, right? Yes, I can. Yes. Okay. Can you fly, you can fly forward upright. So that's yeah. really similar to inverted backwards. See, that's what everybody tells me. And yet, to me, it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> It's because visually your brain's like confused because your yeah. eyes are saying, "Oh yeah, you're not supposed to move the sticks that way." And you're like, "Wait a minute, but that's the way I'm supposed to move it." You <laughs> exactly. Know? So, yeah, and you got to trick your brain and just trust it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know most guys say inverted backwards is easier, and yeah. and yet I don't know. I mean, I started, you know, I, like I say, I do fly airplanes as well, and of course, with airplanes, inverted if you're forwards, doing inverted, right. you have to go inverted forwards, right? So yeah. I found that a little easier. Right, yeah. invert forwards, and I just I have not been able to invert backwards. It's just been a frustrating one for me. Yeah. Uh, well, so then this kind of ties into the next question: Do you sim? Not as much as I should. <laughs> yeah, I'm in that boat too. <laughs> I find it so boring. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. helpful. It is helpful. Yeah. But. I know. Um, it takes dedication to just sit more does. than like three it minutes does. and be like, ah, screw this shit. I kind of found it exciting <laughs> to hit the sim when I had like some music, when I introduced playing music. That, that, yeah. well, I only that had me going. Music, I yeah, yeah. That had me going for a couple of nights and then I'm like, well, I got other things I got to do. Yeah. You know, so. See, when I, when I was first learning, I was simming almost every night. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when I was on the road. Um, I, I was simming almost every night. But now, there's the other thing is too, um, is the social aspect. One of the things I love about flying is going out to the field and hanging out with the buddies and going flying. Yeah. Whereas with the sim, it, it's just not the same. Even when you go online, it's just it's just not the same. Yeah. And I get bored of it very quickly. I mean, I, it it has helped me. I do use it when I can't when I you know have the uh, when I can get the. Uh, uh, motivation, motivation to yeah, to do it, mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, it's hard to get that motivation. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Only recently, I've been like really, really pushing. Like this last, I would say, month, I've been just I try to sim every night. Every oh night. wow, nice! And you know, whether it's for ten minutes or five minutes or an hour and a half or two hours, like it doesn't matter. I just get there. Put Pandora on, you know, start up the sim, hit record on my uh, OBS, whatever recorder shit, and just <laughs> sim. And, and then, you know, sometimes I get good video. Sometimes I get me crap. Just like I, I take off and crash, take off and crash, take off and crash. Just repeatedly be just taking off and crash. And I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, it's just those. I know when I, when that's happening, I'm just like, I'm being stupid. So I'm like, yeah. okay, as soon as it starts to spool up, before it even fully spools up, I'm like, okay, stir, half pure flip. <laughs> you know, right on the deck, like right taking off, stir, half beer flip. And, yeah. um, you know, so, but, uh, yeah, I, 
that's one thing I try and focus on too. Is I try to make sure I actually focus on trying yes. to do something with the sin. Yes. If, uh-huh. You know, don't treat it like a video game. Yes. And uh, you know, I've seen too many people do that too. They just treat it like a video game. You don't yeah. do that. Yes. So that's one of the things that I like been trying hard. It's just like okay, I need to learn. Like I need to just not perfect, but learn. Be comfortable doing a, one maneuver. Yeah. And I'll sit there and just do that one maneuver over and over and over and over again until yep. I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done this shit. <laughs> I'm turning yes. it off. Um, <laughs> yep. And I gotta say, it's helped. It's helped me a lot. You know? Oh yeah, so I, it I, does. I can't, yeah, I can't. I can't say enough about it. like it's. If you could push through that, this doesn't feel real. The visualization of like the sim and the depth perception was terrible. All yep. that stuff. You know, yep. you get over that and just kind of like, all I need to do is. Have my fingers get used to moving in that direction. So backwards. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I think for me was similar to that. Where I, when I got to a point where I was actually getting it, whatever I was working on, that's when I was like, that's when I really hit the sim hard, and I was couldn't wait to get back to it. It Was like, I got to work on when when I caught on a little bit on like a pure flip. I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting it now. You know, once it starts to click, you know, on that one maneuver, starts to get fun again, then you. That yeah. you can sort of hey I can I can start now I can just start to perfect it rather than just trying to figure out how to do this darn thing. Yeah, but I I don't recommend trying to perfect anything on the sim because True. it's yes. not going to feel the same in real life. Yes. So yeah. you yeah. know we sim so we could be better real life pilots. So yes, yes. learn the muscle, perfect it in real life. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's, yeah, I, mean, I I tell mm-hmm. people the sim is about ninety to ninety five percent as accurate as the real thing. Yeah. You know, and it's it's good for it's good for your teaching your fingers what to do. Yes. Um but it's not correct. necessarily yeah, and but it's not going to necessarily uh teach you to uh you know a, a comp compensate for say a wind as as well as real thing. And yeah. compensate for a mistake or something like that as well as the real thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrible at setup and tuning. Like I can I can build a helicopter and I can set it up initially. But like I cannot get the sim to feel like my real heli. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, so so to me, I know it's gonna be fake. I know it's gonna be yeah. different when I try it in real life. And you know, it's it's funny because you'll notice in like the videos and and my flying today, it's like I do the same move over and over again because that's what I did on the sim. <laughs> I did the same move over and over again. So <laughs> yep. you know, and I just do it over and over again and try to like now I'm trying to perfect. I'm trying to pop yeah. it and get that like nice, clean, in control look. Yeah, you know, I'm totally out of control. (laughs) Yeah, you know, one of the other reasons why you just brought up something else. One of the other reasons why I'm trying to work on that inverted, uh, inverted backwards circuits Mm -hmm. is, you know, years. How many years ago when uh, RCHN, going back to those guys, Mm -hmm. uh, came out with their pilot proficiency program? Yep. Yep. And I've looked at that thing, and I've looked at a couple other ones, and man, I really like how those guys laid it out. To me, those guys laid it out in a really nice logical order. Yep. And I can I can do some of those maneuvers that are, you know, level levels two and three kind of a thing. I can't mm. do them well, but I can do them. Sure. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of the ones that were in the very basic levels. I'm going, ooh, you know, I've actually never worked on that. Maybe I should go back and start focusing on that. Yes, and yes. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's what I've been really trying to do this year. I, I started in, uh, with our indoor flying again. I. As much as I'm not a big fan of small helicopters, I do have an Oxy-2, which is okay. a fantastic little helicopter. It really and is. And mm-hmm. 
it really is. And one thing I started doing then with with for our indoor is just trying to focus on all my orientations, upright yeah. and inverted. Yeah. And uh, you know, indoor, it's we just have a small little small little elementary school gymnasium. It's not a very big gym that we fly in, so doing 3D is kind of a difficult one unless you're fairly advanced, anyways, in that right. gym. So it just that's what I focused on all winter is just. Uh, up your orientation practice upright mm-hmm. and inverted orientation practice all winter long mostly yeah. upright but yeah that's cool <clears> that you <throat> have a gymnasium you can practice in too that's, that's yes great. yes we are we've been doing that now well i moved out here to uh, where i live now or in the city i live now maple ridge for about eight years ago uh, eight and a half years ago we've been i joined up with an indoor group about seven and a half years ago and uh, we've been we've got a good solid group of guys uh, that are there pretty much every single week and a good tight group of guys that mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're constantly helping each other out we're helping new people out we're doing you know we're yeah. we're trying to we do what we can to try and help out anybody that comes out whether you're our first timer or whether you've been flying for 30 years we don't care you know nice uh, we do training there. We've got guys there. We had another new guy this year who's been who came out almost almost every week this year, and he hasn't yet been able to hover his 450 for longer than about 10 seconds. Oh, that I should say maybe about 20 seconds. Okay, as long as he's been able to ever hover his four his 450, but he's working at it, and he ha- comes out and uh, and enjoys it. And we're there, you know, all of us are there to go and help him, give him some guidance, and mm-hmm. and it's great. We have we have a blast. Nice. So, and considering how much it rains out here, uh, sometimes that's the only way you can get any real flying in. (laughs) Which brings us to our next question. Yeah. (laughs) Rolls right to the next question. So, where are you from? So, I live in a town called Maple Ridge, British Columbia. Um, If people know where Vancouver, BC is, Mm -hmm. um, Maple Ridge would be considered a part of the greater Vancouver area. Um, it is a so separate like town. Just there's like on prob- the outskirts of it, or yeah, it, it, well, yeah. Basically, there's probably about uh, trying to think here, maybe about seven or eight towns that are all part of the Greater Vancouver area. And it's literally when you start driving in through one, mm-hmm. you don't really know where one starts and the other one stops. Sure. Um, until and that's all the way into Vancouver. Uh, so it's a fairly wide area. I mean, for me to drive into Vancouver in good traffic, it would take me about 35 to 45 minutes. So I'm, I'm still a little bit of ways away from Vancouver itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all one great big area. It's just all, we call it the West or the, the lower mainland is really what the, the, the sort of the general term for it or the Fraser Valley is what it is. So there's farming communities, there's, uh, inner city there's there's everything all within about an hour's drive of each other kind of a thing nice so what's the weather like you know are you are you guys like two seasons up there basically like (laughs) cold and cold or winter and winter (laughs) well we are in canada you know yeah we we all live in igloos and uh uh, you know in the in the winter time we use uh, snowmobiles that uh, with wheels on it and (laughs) (laughs) sorry summertime we use snowmobiles with wheels in the winter time we use dog sleds yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's kind of funny. Um, I'm also a ham radio operator, 
And years ago, before I got my ham license, I used to play around with a CB radio. And uh, myself, there's a, I don't know if you've ever used a uh, CB, you can get a thing called Skip, where you can talk long distances. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, me and a buddy of mine, once we were in Kamloops, talking on our CB radios, talking to a guy in Texas. Wow. And wow. we literally had him 100% convinced that we were living in igloos. <laughs> and we had 60-foot-high towers sitting outside of our igloos with antennas on there to go and talk to this guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez. <laughs> yes. But, no, here, uh, in, in the lower mainland here, we do get the occasional snow in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's rain. Okay. Rain, 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 rain. And just when you so, think you've had too much rain, uh-huh. it rains some more. <laughs> so how far are you from uh, from Washington State then? Um, as the crow flies, maybe yeah. about five or six miles. Oh, and that's wow. miles, not kilometers. So I'm not actually all that far away. Wow. Yeah, I'm actually so pretty you're like darn right on the border. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am fairly close. Maybe might be a little bit. Lo- might be a little bit further than that. But yeah. uh, uh, it takes me about twenty minutes to drive to the U- to the Canada U.S. border if I go straight across, oh, straight wow. there. So I'm not. I'm actually very close. Yeah. Nice. So I'm actually really hoping to maybe try and get to a couple of U.S. fun flies this year. We'll, well see. Well, I'm thinking you should definitely make it to RCHN six then. I mean, I know it's <sighs> yeah, in Oregon, so it's I a little know. bit further. It's Portland, but or our Portland great area around that area. But there's there's yeah. either that one or Snohomish are the two that I'm really Snohomish, considering. Snohomish, yeah, yeah. Um, because I, well, yeah, I, I I would love to take Todd Bennett's flight school. Mm-hmm. And he usually comes up to Snohomish every year to do that one as well, to do his flight school there. So, and I'm not sure I could do both. Mm. When is Snow- uh, Snohomish? Uh, August. Okay. So, yeah, it's about August and September. So, yeah, they're too close. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure I can really do both. Uh, or yeah. you should do Urcha. That's a dream. One day, one day. I make it this Urcha. make it this day, August first to fifth. <laughs> I'm just saying Actually, it's it's a dream of mine too, and yes. I'm I'm thinking this year might be my only year I'm gonna go. I like I that's the only year I can plan yeah. for it at least. I don't uh, think I'll be able to do this next year again. So uh, that that has been a dream of mine for a number of years already. Sure, yeah, uh, I've been in the helicopter, you know, scene for a while. That's yeah. like the mecca of helis, you know, it is. at least. So. It is. It is the Mecca. That's at least exactly in the U.S. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not just the U.S. It's all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to do Urcha one of these days, but uh, um, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Me, I, I have a friend of mine who uh, is a uh, used to be an aligned distributor. He's now just a dealer, and he okay. was talking of going to Urcha this year, but uh, doesn't look like that's going to happen now. So, because uh, we were talking, maybe just the two of us would go together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen this year. We'll see. Mm. There is actually a, a, a trying to do a fairly major uh, RC or fun fly here in, in BC as well on the August first weekend as well, or the first weekend of August. Okay. And that's a long weekend here in BC, and so they they always try to do it on that August long weekend, and that's literally well, it's basically at the same time as Urcha this year. Right. So it makes it tough to do Urcha or that one, one of the two. But this yeah. is Urcha. <laughs> I know. Darren, but, uh, see what I have to deal uh, with? <laughs> oh, see, trust me. He's yeah. always pushing me. 
<laughs> Come on, Kevin. Well, yeah, well, of course. We gotta is, push each other, don't good. we? Yeah, yeah. That's that's part of the whole fun of the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. For sure. One day. Um, One okay. day. Well, let me know when when you do. Then maybe that might be my second trip to Urcha. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm I'm actually. I mean, my wife doesn't know yet, but I'm actually <laughs> trying to go to RCHN six this year. Are you? The pro- oh, yeah. The problem ooh. is, is like. You know, if 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 if, if I had a place to stay, well, then, that's just it. That's exactly you know, it. That's that's the problem. It's like the plane tickets are a lot not not too bad. A plane ticket's not too bad, but like when you combine a plane ticket, car rental, and hotel, then yeah. it becomes too much. Yeah, you know, a plane and, ticket and, and share a car or or get a car. You know, that's fine. I can probably do swing that. Yeah. Like I'm doing that for Urcha. Urcha is basically I'm flying out there and have a car rental. Yeah, but my friend Rob's, you know, McToon's driving out there with his camper, so I'm gonna stay with his camper. He's bringing all my helis. Oh, there you go. There you go. So really, I got a two-hour flight with a backpack, and I'm and I go to my car rental, and I'm in Urcha. Like, oh, so it, it couldn't man. be any easier for me. So yeah. obviously, like, I, there's no reason for me not to go. And I already booked my plane ticket. It was two hundred bucks, two hundred thirty dollars. Yeah, like with tax fees, that's nothing. And you didn't you tell know? the wife yet. No, I told a wife about Urcha, but she doesn't oh. know about me trying to go to RCHN six. <laughs> yeah, I really want to go to that, but the promise is, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I don't want to bring stuff to camp, so it's like yeah. I don't mind going out there with no helis. Like, you know, I mean, it's not the end of the world. I like to fly. You know, I'll be like, you know, Kadith, let me fly your helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll be like, all right, yeah, whatever. Just you know, try not to crash. See, but um. I couldn't do it without bringing my helicopters. You know, if I go to something like that, I gotta fly. You know, there's yeah. no way I would want to go to a, an event like Urcha and like, not R- fly. R- I don't understand why yeah. people would want to do that and not fly. I just don't understand that. And for me to fly out there with my helicopters, yeah, uh, that makes me a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'd have to figure out a way to drive and man that's a long drive from yeah me. <laughs> i couldn't imagine like i mean we're talking about indiana and yep. that's i think what 12 14 hours 14 hours from from where we are in jersey oh he'd yeah. be 24 Im- probably yeah like you'd be at more least, than that yeah i think you'd be at least like a non like 36 hour non-stop if you wanted it, something you know? like that i did look yeah. into it once and i think it was like 36 or was even as much as 48 hours straight or yeah like that. yeah like, it's geez. a lot because i remember yeah. My wife and I, like, because I told her last year, I was like, oh, I want to go to RCHN and, you know, but I don't know, like, it's such a long drive. She's like, let's do it. We'll drive. It'll be fine. And I look at the time, like, it was like uh, 42 hours or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're like, so it would take us two days nonstop just to get out there, plus the fun fly, plus the drive back. Yeah. We'd have to take at least a week and a half of off work, you know, yeah. because I couldn't do 48 hours or 42 hours. I'd have to stop, you know? Oh, exactly. And, you can't do a drive straight. Yeah, yeah. So you stop. You do like an eighteen-hour stretch and another eighteen or whatever, and then you know your last bit. But um, but it would be too much time off for both of us. Plus, you know, our, you know our kids, like you know, they'd have to come out of school for that time too. Which yeah, true not, enough. So, true enough, but, especially right at the beginning of the school year too. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing too, in my opinion, for something like that, man, I don't know if I'd want to stay in a hotel either. Right. I, I'd right. much rather stay on site, but you know, for me. Uh, well, I'm getting to the age where I don't want to sit, sleep in a camp or in a tent anymore. Yeah. And I'd much yeah. rather sleep in something a little more comfortable and yeah. uh, I don't have an RV. So, so <laughs> what we should do, 
<laughs> is if you want to do RCHN6, maybe we get two other people and we rent a camper and have the camper delivered to that spot. I did look into renting a trailer or an RV, actually. Yeah. I was actually just doing that yesterday for exactly that, for maybe RCHN. So then I can fly out there and stay in there and, you know, <laughs> pay whatever, go. 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is. You know, it would be less than a hotel room for the weekend. So <laughs> Yeah, it probably would. It probably would. Yeah, Although those yeah. things aren't cheap to rent either, but... Uh, I mean, we've done uh, flight fest with campers, the RVs, and yeah, they get quite expensive. But I think once you get like, you know, three, four people, like what, because there's at least four beds, I think, on on a normal small camper. But, you know, and, but they have the ones that you can basically, I don't, I mean, I know Alex Rose did it at HOD, but there's companies that will deliver the camper, set it up for you. Yes. You go there, you stay, then you just, you know, you clean up and go, and then they pick it up and do the waste removal and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been see. My parents used to have a trailer, an RV, and uh-huh. so I I used to use that thing all the time. But unfortunately, they decided to sell it, and they were going to go and buy another one, and they never did. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, I was really hoping that they would go and buy another one so I could just sure. go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a trailer for a bit. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> I do have my brother actually does have a, a tent trailer that I've thought about boring it. I got to talk to him. I was, one of those like pop ups. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, uh, those are fine too. I mean, anything yeah, that does work. You know, there's this, that whole like setting up the tent, sleeping on the floor, like even with an air mattress, yeah. still sleeping on the floor, crawling in a tent. Um, no thanks. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've done a couple of times, and it's not bad. In a pinch, I don't mind doing it if it's like one night or two nights at a local, more local vet to yep. save some money. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have yeah. a canopy on my truck, and I've when and I've gone camping, and I'll sl- sleep in the sure. back of the canopy. Right. Um, I've done that numerous times, but once again, uh, I'm getting yeah, to the age. Crawling not into only, that spot just, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, you're crawling in and crawling out. And you can't sit up fully, and I'm a tall guy too. I'm six foot three, so I'm fairly oh, yeah. tall, and it's not easy for me to get in and out of that thing anymore. But oh well. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's see here. So I know you had that Facebook post about you know help me decide what my next 700 should be and. <laughs> You know, I'm curious where, what what came about on that. Well, okay. Um, I guess the best way to start it off is maybe to go through my fleet first for what I currently Oh, yeah. Have. Yeah, let's um, do that. My, my main right now go-to helicopter is, is the old T-Rex 800. I've got the T-Rex 800 DFC Pro. Okay. And it's been, I've had it for now, this is my okay. third season now flying it. And it's. Are it's you been, running 800 millimeter blades or 760s or something? Uh, or? Actually, I'm running the 780s. Is what I'm running the Align okay. 780s on it. Yeah, I've. Uh, I haven't. I've never put mine on the 800s. Um, but that friend of mine is talking about who was a who's an aligned uh, dealer. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I bought my my 800 partly because of him because he uh, was very generous. And Darren, why don't you try my 800? You you need to buy an 800. Fly my 800. Fly my 800. And so I flew his several times, both the 780 and the 800 blades on it. And uh, so I kept my, I decided after that to keep mine with the 780 blades, actually. Okay. And so, yeah, 12S factory electronics. Uh, the only thing I've changed is uh, the Flybar's controller. Um, I flew the first year I used it with the, the factory G Pro, which, believe it or not, is actually a decent Flybar's controller. It actually flies pretty well. Much better than the 3G and 3GX. Oh, yeah. Those definitely. things are garbage. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then, although I've got a friend of mine that still really loves his 3GX, actually. Um, but anyways, uh, but I've changed it to uh, uh, Skookum, actually. Skookum SK540. Okay. Um, I I wish it's too bad those guys are pretty much almost completely non-existent anymore on the RC, yeah. on the hobby side. Because mm-hmm. they made an excellent flight controller for a decent price, actually. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then I have... Well, I've got a scale uh, MD500, 600 size. Nice. And then I've got the uh, the Oxy2. Um, Just and real then quick, I, on your scale, um, what's the internals? Is it a T-Rex or is it like a super scale? Well, that's where I was getting to yet. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a one-off mechanics, actually. So about five years ago now, five mm-hmm. or six years ago, I had a phone call, actually a text message from a friend of mine. It says, uh, you want to help me start up a new helicopter company? Um, okay. Jeez. Two seconds of thinking later, yes. <laughs> um, turns out he had met a guy from Texas who was a retired Bell helicopter engineer. Uh, mm. This guy has worked on pretty much every single helicopter made by Bell you can think of and many that you've never heard of in your life. Uh, unfortunately, I never got to meet this guy. But this guy had flown, flew uh, T-Rex 600s as a hobby. Him and his son both fly RC helicopters. Okay. And they always felt that they could be improved upon. And one of the things for him was it needed to be a lot lighter. And so he developed a helicopter called a Yardbird helicopter. And so my 700 helicopter is one of the last surviving Yardbird prototypes. And that's also then the mechanics that I have in my scale helicopter is one of the one of our first version of prototype helicopters when we first started to, uh, working on the Yardbird helicopters. And so the whole concept with the Yardbird back at that time the Align was just starting to come out with the DFC. Uh, SAB was just coming out with the DFC as well. Mm-hmm. And all these companies were having a lot of boom strike issues and all kinds of things like that with those DFC heads. Partly, mm-hmm. I think partly because they were running them so close to the boom. And so what we had, our whole concept was a couple of things. Um, one was rather than go and lower the boom because a lot of guys with their T-Rexes anyways, they would go and actually cut the main shaft shorter to try and get that DFC feel out of them just without running the DFC head then. Mm-hmm. And they would cut the shaft shorter and, and fly it that way. And so we felt, well, why do you need to go and shorten the head? The whole point is to try and get your center of gravity of the helicopter as close to the, to the blade disc as possible. So we figured, well, why not go and actually just lift all the weight up instead? And so on our helicopters, everything is above the main gear, pretty much. The servos are above the main gear. The speed controller is mostly above the main gear. The motor is above the main gear. Even the batteries are mounted quite high up. Um, Instead of a tray underneath the main gear, like like most helicopters have, we stack two six cells on top of each other. And we have it on a tray or on a on a platform that's up in the front at a bit of an angle, and okay. it's super secure. Um, trust me, it's they are very well protected in a crash because <laughs> I have had had many a crash with my seven hundred with my <laughs> yard birds. Um, 
and not and the other thing was we wanted it to be uh light so my 700 all up with batteries weighs about nine and a half pounds wow um, so it's a super light 12s helicopter mm-hmm. and the other thing was too is back at that time you know with uh well for example the synergy you can get it in a 706 an eight, or a 766 or an 806 version right mm-hmm. um well, we had come up with that idea, you know, way back then of saying, well, why not just use the same frame and just stretch it, stretch it out. So we had, uh, were, we were actually designing it to be anywhere from a 550 to 700 size helicopter then. And, uh, so we made five, five, uh, or we made a couple of prototypes of the first version, found a few issues with it right away. And so my friend of mine, that friend of mine who at the time it was considered the owner of our company, then of the Yardbird company, um, he decided to go and learn three, 3D uh, drafting himself mm-hmm. and teach himself how to do it and designed up our, the, ver- the last version of the, the Yardbird that I have and pretty much completely redesigned it uh, from what it was, still using the same basic concepts. And the whole, one of the ideas then too, uh, I can, I, it'll take mostly T-Rex 600, uh, running gear. Okay. And my main gear, my main shaft, tail box, it's all T-Rex 600 compatible stuff. And I tell you that helicopter is just, it is so awesome to fly. Super smooth. I love the feeling of a light helicopter. I really like wow. the feeling of a, of a really light helicopter. And I look at the weights of these new helicopters, 10, you know, now a lot of guys consider 10 pounds of light helicopter. I'm going, yeah, uh, no, I consider I, 11 pounds of light helicopter. Exactly. Most of them are above that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so that's why going to what, you know, your question about the 700, I, I'm having trouble making up my mind. <laughs> Why? So, <laughs> so you said you tried your friend's uh, 700X. Now that's a pretty light 700. That's uh, you know fully loaded. I think it's like 11 pounds or 10.5 or 10.8 or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it still felt heavy, felt heavy to me to be honest. because yeah. <laughs> it's not what I'm used to. And uh, and honestly, I I kind of resigned myself to 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 that I'm not going to get it as light as I would like. Uh, I would, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I would love to do. I really did consider the E5 Super Stretch, mm-hmm. um, like what you're doing. I, I, you might like the logo too, Darren. The logo 690 is kind of light. I know it's, and not. I have thought of that one too. I really yeah. have. Yeah, that's um, a great bird. Yeah, it is. I have flown a couple of uh, a logo helicopter before, and they're fantastic flying helicopters. I'll I'll tell you one of my other issues here in Canada. We get screwed over royally for prices and shipping. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was going to ask, do you go down into to Washington State and have a hobby shop down there you can pick stuff up at or anything like that? Uh, I haven't be. gone to any actual hobby shops down in the U.S., no. Um, How about just getting I, a P.O. box in the States, huh? Yeah. And that I do <laughs> essentially have, actually. I do have okay. that. Nice. The one thing that I've been having problems with now lately, though, um, my last order from a main hobbies is a perfect example. And, you know, a main was not the problem. They shipped everything out beautifully on time. The problem was, is now a lot of companies, they are starting to want the shipping address to match the credit card address. Ah, uh, yes. 
Yeah. And so if I try and ship it to my US drop-off box, they won't do it because it's the the addresses are not matching. I have PayPal as well and mm-hmm. I I've t- found out now just actually the other day that I might be able to give PayPal a phone call because uh, I tried switching my PayPal address to a US drop address mm-hmm. as well and it wouldn't let me do it. Yeah, like they can't confirm it so it'll come up unconfirmed. Yeah, well, it wouldn't even let me enter. It wouldn't even let me change oh, the country really? to the U.S. It'll, it would only stick it as Canada. That's the only option it would let me have Huh? to add an address. Darren, I got a question about the um, batteries on that Yardbird. You said that that was a 12S setup you were running? Yeah, I run 12S 3700s. So do you stack them, or is it like a stick pack? Yeah, they're stacked. Yeah, they're stacked in the front, right on the front of the frame. Right, okay. So... Um, and I would say probably about two thirds of the weight of the battery then once again is above the, uh, the main gear. Right. Okay. So it really makes a difference in the air. It really does. Well, yeah. I mean, the center of gravity is like right where you want it to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't want it too low because then your mass, your rotating mass of your blade and your, your head, it's, it's like, it's almost going to do like an elliptical loop, you know, like yep. flip. It's yep. not on center with the, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. exactly. You know, actually, I forgot to mention, I do have it. Uh, I still have my old T-Rex 600. I got a T-Rex 600 ESP that I've turned into a night helicopter. Nice. Um, I fly it only at nighttime. It's oh, it's lots of fun flying at nighttime with lights like that. But, you know, flying that thing, which I mean, that's kind of all, pretty much considered old technology nowadays. Uh-huh. It's it's almost like just, you know, you're flying a brick with that thing compared to my Yardbird. You know, my Yardbird, the, the yeah. center of gravity is so much higher. Just doing a basic roll, it is so easy to keep the roll just axial right on the disc. Oh, sure. Right. It's really super easy to do. And it really does make a difference. We had a couple of pro-level pilots fly our, our Yardbird back when we were still thinking. Unfortunately, the com- whole company shut down now, unfortunately. My uh, my friend was feeling like he ran out of money and didn't want outside investors and Actually, he hasn't flown a helicopter now in about four years now, I think, either. Uh, well, about three years now, which is quite sad because he was a pretty good pilot. But um, we were we did have a couple of uh, pro pilots fly it, and they were impressed. Uh, they were really impressed with how well it flew. Nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's still is one of my favorite helicopters to fly. But unfortunately, we only ever made five of these frames. Yeah. And I have the last, well, there is possibly one still flying out in Saskatchewan. We, we did give one frame to a guy out in Saskatchewan who, uh, unfortunately, I've lost touch with. Uh, so I don't know if he is still flying his Yardbird or not. Uh, I kind of doubt it, but you never know. Other than that, I have two frames left, one that I'm flying and one that will probably never see the air. It'll be a it'll be a shelf queen right to the, you know. I, I had a hand in helping design this thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, right, want, right, yeah. Don't want to don't want to destroy it. So, <laughs> um, but I'll keep flying my my current one as long as I can. I just I just want to start to reduce the amount of flying time that I do on it, just because I want to reduce the crashes on it, right? Sure. And so that's why I've been looking at a new seven hundred is trying to find a replacement for that. That's yeah. going to be a hard, you know, bill to fill. It is. It and, yeah. and you know, one of the things too, there really is no bad helicopter out there nowadays. 
Mm-hmm. True. You know, you think about all the 700 size helicopters out there. Yeah. Where is there a bad one? Tell me. I mean, I'll, I, I'll admit I'm a, I'm a goblin hater. Mm-hmm. I, I just probably, uh, you know, send the email to me, the hate, hate email to me. Uh, I, oh, sure. Javier I, I, definitely will. Yeah. Oh, I, I've already told him <laughs> that actually. He knows. <laughs> I, I just, I, I really don't like the goblins, but even I'll admit they still do fly well. You know, there's, there's really nothing wrong with how they fly. You know, Synergy, Mikado, Align, um, Diablo, you know, there's all these great helicopter companies out there. They all fly fantastic. So to be honest, I'm probably going to be happy with any helicopter I buy. But in some ways, that just makes the decision even harder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, definitely. I know I'm going to be happy. So which one do I buy? I'm still undecided. I really am. I don't know. Too many things to look at. The next 700 Steve has up for sale. There you go. <laughs> Which should be I any week I kind of want to buy brand now. new, actually. Oh. I, I do kind of want to buy okay. brand new. I mean, if you really want something like that light, you got to go for uh, E5 Super Stretch and go 12S. You know what my my concern is with that? Mm-hmm. For one, that helicopter has been around for quite a few years already. And while Chris has assured me that Matt has no plans of discontinuing it, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that still sort of niggles in the back of my mind kind of a thing. Sure. No, um, fair. it's a fair concern. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too, and of course this is something I've had to do to keep my yard bird flying is you end up buying parts for this helicopter and then parts for this helicopter and parts for this helicopter and parts for another helicopter, you know, yes. because it, it's not a, a, a factory kit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would rather just go and say, okay, I just need parts for this helicopter. Be done. You know, and I just, I wanted to, I kind of really wanted to just have a, a kit that I could just build the kit and be done with it rather than having to go and say, okay, now I got the kit. Now I got to go and buy all these parts yet to go and make it the way I want it to fly. Sure. You know, I, no, I'm not completely discounting the, the E5 super stretch yet. Um, mm-hmm. and if I did that, I would probably do it on 12 S. Yeah. Uh, um, I really would simply because I just, you know, I, I, I'm, I was actually really curious to see how you're liking your, yours, uh, because I, I'm now, a little granted, concerned granted, about doing it on 6 S, right? My batteries that I'm using, I have dates on them and they're okay. like dated 2015, 2016. To oh, be fair. Okay. So they are, they're not exactly new batteries in either. No, no. I didn't buy new batteries for this heli. These are the same old batteries I tried on the Gaui X7 a couple of times. And okay. these batteries were actually part of uh, two separate stick packs. One was two success stick packs, like uh, two success packs that I made into a stick pack. Okay. And the other battery was a stick pack that one cell went bad on one of the packs and I cut it open and... And, you know, made into a single success pack. So I don't have good batteries for this. So don't go by my my experience right now until at least let me, you know, order some batteries from Paulson. And and I probably will order 65C batteries on these instead of the 45 option. But it's it's not that much more. And because it's, you know, a 700 on a success setup, I I want that extra overhead of, of, you know, output. So, yeah. But even, I mean, you look at even the Goblin 570, 
You know, there's mm-hmm. guys that are flying them on on a 6S. Even those guys will tell you it's not always that all that easy on a 6S pack. Either. Oh no, it's not, right, right? Kevin? Yeah. <clears throat> no, yeah. Mine was a little rough on the packs, but it wasn't. It wasn't too bad though. It wasn't as bad as, like, I mean, mine was bad. Where like, I mean, I wasn't you know, coming down with a bowling ball like Steve does with, with this one. <laughs> no, no, but it, you know, it's bad when you you come down and when you're while you're landing, you're like, what's that smell? Yeah. <laughs> As you walk towards your helicopter, it's like, damn, that smells getting stronger. You pick up your take your battery out and you're like, holy shit, this battery stinks. <laughs> and and I spoke to Ed Johnson about it. He was like, dude, your battery leaked all his electrolytes. Ooh, and yeah, I said, yeah. well, can I just dip it in Mondo and wouldn't that fix it? And no. he said, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it got electrolytes. No one gets yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like the same thing with electronics and the blue smoke. There's no such thing as a magic smoke recharger. Yeah, <laughs> you can't put the genie back in the bottle, as they say, Steve. No, exactly. Uh, but, um, but I mean, I think new packs is going to definitely perform better. And yeah. plus, you know, what I need to do is kind of like dial it back and not try to fly this like I fly my Goblin 700 because my Goblin can take a beating and keep on asking for it this one's like remember i'm success i'm not 12 so yeah and you know (laughs) my flying style would probably fit would probably work well with that helicopter it probably would it Uh, is i'm not a hard smack guy so you want to talk to someone about this synergy e5 super stress talk to rob monty oh okay he has two of them and he flies them like he's like I've had over like eight hundred flights on each of these airframes. Like he he runs them on twelve S, and okay. he is super precision flying, yeah. like super precision. Well, he's so, an F three F three FAI guy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So you and him and this heli like talk. Should, <laughs> I'll make the introduction if to, you guys want. Um, uh, I'd actually love to talk to him, anyways, because I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to talk some, you know, well, another topic we can talk about is here in Canada. Uh, yeah, our Mac I am, stuff. yeah, the Mac stuff. And uh, I know he is he, listening to him on this Telerotor podcast, which those guys do an awesome job as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I'd love to go and talk to him about some FAI stuff and get some information about it. And I've been meaning to try and get a hold of him and, uh, and whatnot, but I've uh, never, I haven't actually pursued it yet. So, okay. Yeah, definitely talk to him about that. Um and, and your the E five super stretch which he, you know, he'll tell you the the he'll tell you all about it and so you can make an informed decision if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Go that route or not. And there is a synergy dealer here in Canada too. So Oh, that's that yeah, that was my other thing. Can you yes. get parts because Yes. Um, and don't worry about like I mean, I know you're you're kinda of worried about like I wanna buy a kit and I wanna be able to buy the like parts for that kit. Um yeah, you know, with the super stretch you're gonna have just it's like three things that are odd kit, yeah. like odd out of the kit. You're talking yeah. about a tail boom, torque tube, and boom supports. Oh, yeah. and tail control rod. So four yeah. parts. Yeah. Um, but once you get the kit built, like that's if you ever crash, that's probably all you're gonna have to go from the E7, you know, parts list. Mm-hmm. And know that it's it's Matt, and Matt shares a lot of parts with his E5 and E7, anyways. Okay. So when you look up those part numbers, you'll notice it's going to be for either one. To be honest, I keep hoping he might come out with a five sixteen super stretch. Ooh, that'd be tough. Is it? Would it? I don't know. I've never seen one of those helicopters yet. Oh, it's so. small. It's not that big. It's not. It's not as big as my E five. 
Oh, really? Okay. The frame, yeah. The frame is smaller. Okay. Because the E5 is a is a 550 or 570 frame size, yes. like a 550, and now you're yeah. talking about a 560, which is a true 500 frame size. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah it's I didn't smaller. realize it's that much smaller. Okay. Yeah. Now the 556, that Nitro, I saw that thing, and that canopy alone looks like a 700 size canopy. Because <laughs> it's you know 556 is it's kind of like 550, 570, like so almost 600, right? Mm-hmm. And I know Matt's gonna. You know, I don't I don't know for a fact, but I have a very strong feeling that Matt's gonna do a six twenty six stretch on that. Uh, so you're close. Too, yeah. You're close to seven hundred with that thing. So think about a very lightweight nitro. Like I mean, eight pound seven hundred yeah. nitro or seven pound eight, you know nitro. Like that'd be crazy. And that's yeah. another question. Do you have any nitros? Nope. Well, no, actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't have any nitros. No, I do. However, have um, uh, I have a project I want to restore. I've got an old mid eighties, nineteen eighties, something like that, uh, Schluter Mini Boy that I would love to go and restore. And what was uh, that? Use uh, like a forty six heli motor or airplane motor? <laughs> I think it said anywhere from about a twenty five to a fifty size motor. Actually, okay. I think is what it said. Never heard of um, that. It's, yeah, well, which the the helicopter or the shlo- or the name? I've heard company. Schluter. I've never Schluter? heard of that. Well, Schluter, yeah. wasn't he the originator of the? What, didn't we do a show on that, Steve? And that was one of the questions. Was like this originator of the electric heli or something? RC heli. I think his name was Schluter. I no, I don't think he uh-huh. was the originator. I one of the early sure. guys. I remember that name because yeah. I remember reading it and not know how to. Yeah. Not remembering or not knowing how to pronounce it. <laughs> Yeah. He was a guy from Germany, as far as I know, and he produced some really nice helicopters for the time. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was in the eighties, yeah. right? It was that he was yeah. producing them? Yeah, yeah. And I think he even was in the seventies. I think too. I'm yeah, not positive. I think so. Yep. I'll have to and look him up. Yeah, I I did look it up at one point, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool looking old helicopter. It's actually, believe it or not, it's a it's a it's a four channel helicopter. Now think about that. It's a four-channel helicopter. Four-channel, including... And it's kind of collective pitch as well. It is kind of a collective pitch. It's one of those weird ones where they have one zero for collective and then one for aileron, one for um, Um, elevator. Actually, no. Well, yes, sort of. Sort of. See, it's, it's kind of like a mix between collective pitch and fixed pitch. Um, the throttle and the collective are actually mixed on one servo, mechanically mixed together on one servo. Huh. Yeah. So you have a linkage going to your swash or a linkage also going to your motor? Yeah, it's kind of a, well, actually then, and there the swash, you're not actually connected to the swash directly. The servo go, or that arm goes to a little shaft on the bottom of the main shaft that slides all the way up through the top to the main shaft. And then has a mechanism that comes around over over top of the fly bar and oh, actually like pulls the, new, the whole uh, thing up and it's down. It's like the Goblin Kraken tail system. Yeah, well, which I had a, other companies have done. I know. <laughs> which yeah, my my Schluter that that you know the tail looks mm-hmm. that go, that Very new similar. Goblin Kraken tail looks almost exactly the same, just updated. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It was Dieter Schluter that I'm yes. thinking of, um, and he started to he was building RC helicopters and then somebody came up with the idea of selling them and so he started selling the kits he started making kits okay. in the late 70s 
Okay. Early nice. early eighties. Yeah, I remember doing that when we did a the history of RC. I remember that name mm. stood out. Yeah, I seem to remember you like, guys mentioning that too on that episode. Pronounce it. And yeah. I still can't pronounce it. <laughs> it's I'm it's a cool old helicopter. I <laughs> honestly I would love to go and restore it and get it flying again. And yeah, just, no, just to take cool. it to events and just, you know, bring yeah, back a around with it and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do aerobatics with it, not at all, but it'd be cool just to get it flying. The only thing I'm not sure about is whether to try and get some old electronics for it yet, too. But, uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't go, like, old, old. I would yeah. modernize some of it, you know? It actually has servos on it, and they're oh. they're a four-wire servo. Really? I don't even know yes. what that would be. <laughs> I don't know either. So they're not a PPM servo then, right? I don't know. I have no idea. Ooh. They're yeah, four you, wire servo. They're white. Wait, so do you, do you have no all the electronics for it? Like, do you have no. the the radio? No. And okay, no. so you'd have to modernize it. There's no yeah. way you're gonna get those servers yeah. to work with Probably, uh, a yeah. modern receiver, even you know, not including yeah. like a tail gyro or. I'm, I'm guessing it's fly bar of some sort. It is fly barred. Yes, yeah. it is fly barred. And I think at that time, uh, there were still a lot of guys flying without tail gyros too. I think that was around, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong on this, but I think that was around the time of the mechanical tail gyro when those first started sure. coming out. Yeah, actually yeah. have like a gyro, mechanical gyro spinning. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. I think the fourth wire on those servos, if I remember right, there's voltage. It definitely can't work with the, the newer radios because we use, no, it wouldn't. We use a digital signal to control this. I think they were an analog. Yeah, PPM signal. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. You had I think a, you're right. You had a data and you had like yeah basically a start and a stop for the analog yeah like a i think they called it sleep or stop or something like that okay oh wow and you had your voltage yeah. positive and negative yeah. right positive negative ground and then you have your i mean your positive negative and then you have your two signal wires that's yeah, kind right. of easy yeah yeah easy I would way think to think something about like it. that yeah <laughs> so it is pretty cool though yeah, I, I would rest- <laughs> yeah, restore it. Put, put like, you don't have to go crazy, but like, you know, put like no. low end, you know, yep. servos in there and just yep. put around with it. It'd be awesome. People, it'd be such a, uh, you know, uh, a conversation starter. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and I, a friend of mine gave me a motor for it or an engine for it, yeah, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, I just got to get the time. I, I need to get my yeah. scale helicopter completed first before I, yeah. Uh, uh, too, don't want to have too many projects on the go, so uh-huh. it's uh, it's hanging on the wall, looking cool, hanging on the wall. So I even it's got wooden blades, even came with a spare set of blades actually. Nice and uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool looking little, little helicopter, about nice. five twenty five thirty size millimeter blades, kind of a thing. <clears throat> okay, so, so it's not, yeah, that's all. No, no. So yeah, one of these days. Cool. Okay, so moving along here, um, I didn't get a chance to ask you. Are you? Do you have any sponsorships? Nope, my wallet. Nice. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no. You know Use what? a Mastercard. You know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know those very well. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, and I, I want to be careful here when I say this because you know, especially given with you guys with your field reps and whatnot, but. I, in some ways, I think there's too many field reps out there and too many guys with sponsorships out there. I really sure. do. No, there are. And, uh, you know, it, and it's, it's funny. It waters down everything, in my opinion, a little bit. And you don't need to have a sponsorship to help people out. No. 
You no, know, definitely I, no, not at all. I love helping guys out as much as I can. And, uh, you know, the more I help out guys that are learning and trying to get the, that heli addiction going mm-hmm. in them. Uh, in fact, I've been accused of being a crack, crack dealer for helicopters sure. many times. Yeah. The better. I, I love helping people out, but it just, it seems like so many guys are looking for that sponsorship just, just for the, just for the discount. Yeah. And the one thing I learned with the whole Yardbird experience, man, margins, the, you know, people that think Bert Cameron is rich, uh, I, yeah, I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've never met the guy. I have no idea, but I strongly sp- suspect he's not all that wealthy. Yeah, most people that I know in this hobby, they're not making a whole lot of money. You know, my job pays me reasonably well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be, I'm not exactly rich, but I'm not exactly terribly poor either. And I can afford to go and, you know, pay the, pay these people what I feel they're worth. You know, very often I think we, uh, we try too hard to get a discount and, and I can understand we need to save money. It's, that's an important thing. I mean, life happens and we have to be able to, you know, we always have to watch our funds and watch our money, but at the same time, you know, if, if those guys aren't getting make, able to make a living, then we may not be able to buy our helicopters and our parts either. So, uh, true. Uh, I, I, I'm not a huge, I think there's, I do think there's too many guys, uh, trying, you know, trying to work on field rep just for the discount kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Definitely. Definitely. You're going to have those folks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I want to like, you know, what? one thing I've, I've, I've noticed people, you know, like, I hear that all the time. There's a lot of field reps. It's watered down. It doesn't, it's not, it's not what it used to mean back, say, 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one of the things I noticed that goes right in conjunction with 10 years ago, there was maybe three people that could fly like the pros fly now. And now yep. every time you yep. go to fun fly and there's 30, 40 people, like 80% of the people can really throw down. Yes. So yep. it makes you think, you know, I don't think it's a sponsorship or anything, but it's a, it's a dedication into the hobby. And yes, as you dedicate yeah. yourself more in the hobby, sponsors will just come out, yes, kind of yeah. pick you up. And yeah. you know, it's it's one thing. Yeah, you know, you could be like, no, I don't want to be sponsored. But in my opinion, I use the sponsorship not for the discount because I get the discount other other ways. Like mm-hmm. you know, I don't, yeah. you know, that 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 means nothing to me. Yeah. But what it is is people know that oh, you fly for Lynx or you fly for BK. Let me ask you a question. They, yeah, it makes yeah. it makes me more approachable for for yeah. anyone that wants to ask. So because maybe they don't want to go to Bert or Kyle Stacy and be like, "Hey, you know, I'm having this weird thing with a BK servo," but they don't mind going to a rep saying, "Hey, you fly like I do. Yeah, I have this yeah. issue." You know, well, that's a good so, point. That's a good point. Know, so I mean, it depends how you look at it. For sure. I mean, it's you know, you go to these events and you're like. Synergy, 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 goblin, 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 BK, BK, yep. You know, like you see all the shirts, you see all the groups, you see all yep. the people that are sponsored. And, you know, it, it's, but it's not, it's not, I just, I want people to understand it's not just for the discount. Yes. Like, it, yeah. you know, there are hobbyists, there are true. Oh, absolutely. That, that want to just help. Absolutely. And I know, an, I know a bunch of guys that are like that too. Mm-hmm. See, so, and I think yeah. the companies are smart getting more people as reps because I know as far as, I, I, the way I think about it is I'm going to beat on that heli more and take more chances because I'm going to get a discount on price and they're selling more parts, I think, to me than they would be selling to me well, if I wasn't getting you know, any kind of discount. You know, that's what Dan said, right? <laughs> yeah, true enough. No, but like if you think about it, Dan, Dan said that. He said that when he was on our show, he was like, you know, reps, 
are basically just guaranteed buyers of that brand. No, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it is, it's true. You know, you yeah. can't deny that fact. You know? Yeah. But in turn, like, I mean, if it's a brand that you um, fly anyways or like, what's the difference? Yeah. I was going to buy BK servos and, you know, this blades or that blades or whatever, you know, anyways, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. Right. Although, Having having said that too, I remember a, a, a guy that I know quite well who's a, a, a field rep as well, and he was sort of commenting one day. He says, "You know, he says guys who think that they're going to save money by getting a field, field <laughs> oh no, position, no, yeah. you end up no, spending no, no. more I money spend way more now. Money. You got to keep your helicopter <laughs> flying, and you're, you're you're buying more often more parts. Definitely. Oh my god, I became a part of a field rep for Lynx, and my like Lynx." parts budget like exponentially went up like i just i didn't yeah. buy more and more even with the discount i spent more money than i would without the discount yeah yeah it, it kind of goes both ways you know and and that's what it is though right these companies yeah. are extending the discount and sponsorship and branding to to take you on as a as a field rep or a yeah. team pilot or whatever um and you know you're in in turn helping the community by you yeah. know, not only showing what their brand can do that they're sponsored by, but also, you know, helping out with support and helping yeah. folks that just, you know, don't have a contact. They don't know who to talk to. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or they don't know that if it's a problem with this or that and, you know, you can help them. So. And hey, yeah. man, yeah. for me, it's hands on experience. Like if somebody has a question about like I had a question this weekend about the oxys and what I thought about working on them. And I said, here's the worst part right here the bolt at the bottom uh, of the, the main gear. And I said, here's the yeah, little tool you. that I came up with. And they were like, oh, that's great. And I said, that alleviated, you know, that, that problem that I had. And so yeah. I, for me, it's like hands-on and I can speak from experience and, mm -hmm. and you know, about, and I can answer their questions. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody that wants to become a field sponsor you know, or a field rep or, or get a sponsored position. I don't yeah. blame them one bit. <laughs> Who wouldn't want it? Want that, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's it, there needs to be a bit of a balance, and I, I do wonder sometimes if we push a little bit too far the other way, but. Who knows? I'm willing to be wrong on that too. So, <laughs> you know, you know what's the easiest way of telling if a pilot is in for the discount or is in for the brand, like because they really truly believe in the brand, is yeah. see how often they switch. Yeah, 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 see, yeah. You know, that's a clear indication. If one person's flying for Gaby one week and starts flying for some other brand, a line next week. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, what did you get a better discount, or you know, yeah. why, why, like. All yeah. teams are very family orientated and they're very, you know, like yeah. the, the community in general, you know, like you're in it. You yeah. know that like the community is out there just to help each other and keep the industry yeah. alive, right? So, and the helicopter community, RC helicopter community is one of the best out there, too. It's one of the tightest, oh. regardless, yeah. like compared to the other disciplines of RC, for sure. By yeah, hands down. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got a good story about how tight and how great the helicopter community is. So Yeah, if you want to go but, for it. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's changing topic a little bit here quick, though. Um, to, uh, th no, beginning of May, first weekend of May, there was a, a fun fly out here uh, on Vancouver Island. So I headed out there and... You know, like what, like we were talking earlier, you know, you, you go to fun fly, it's costing you money, right? You mm -hmm, hotels yeah. and travel and all that kind of thing. In this case too, 
it's uh, I had to take a ferry to get across there yet too, and it's it's all adds up. Well, Friday night, I I well I botched an inverted auto badly on my eight hundred. And yeah, it was by far my most expensive crash I've ever had. Ah, boy. Um, I busted both side frames. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I botched the inverted auto and I lost the... I, I got it back upright again. Um, but just didn't have time to recover head speed? It, well, yeah, pretty much. And unfortunately, the auto rotation bailout, I haven't been able to get that to work properly on my on my helicopter either. And so I couldn't just flick the switch to get it back to head the head uh-huh. speed back up, and it dropped like a stone from about forty feet, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, busted both side frames. You want to talk about expensive, man? Eight hundred side frames are not cheap. <laughs> mm, and so, and that was Friday evening, is when that happened. Right at the beginning of the fun fly, right? It's like what a way to start off with the crash, and uh, <clears throat> so. Fortunately, the guy who I buy all my parts from, uh, he this was this was his actual home field, and uh, Manny Hale from Align RC CDN. For anybody in Canada that wants T Rex parts, man, he is Manny is by far one of the best guys for uh, any Align parts. Um, I I consider him a friend. He's a great guy, and so sent him a text message. And said, yeah, I'm going to need parts. So I, I, he's okay. He says, I'll make sure I get, you know, if, as long as I have them in stock, he says, I'll have them there for you tomorrow. I'm like, great. So I put it all, uh, put my order in and sure enough, uh, my parts were sitting on my table waiting for me the next day nice. before I even wow. got there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about service, eh? That's um, great. Yeah. So anyways, but you know, one of the other things that I learned years ago at Fun Flies, um, don't go to don't go to fun fly with only one helicopter, right? Because <laughs> that kind of thing can happen, right? You crash on your sure. first flight, you're screwed for the rest of the fl- of the fun fly, mm-hmm. right? So I bring multiple helicopters. I had four helicopters with me, and uh, you know my 800, my scale, my night rex, and the uh, the yardbird. Mm-hmm. So I had other helicopters to fly, and. Uh, so I'm getting out my other helicopters next morning, figuring, oh, well, I got the parts now. I'm not going to worry about rushing to get a helicopter fixed or anything like that, you know, because I got more to fly. And two of the guys at the fun fly uh, walked up to me. And one guy's name is Mike Jenke, um, who that you've name probably heard. Familiar. Yeah. His name will sound familiar because he's the guy that won, was at the Las Vegas fun fly, won the, uh, the trip All to right. Taiwan. Nice, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good guy. Great guy in the hobby. Um, the guy's got a helicopter addiction. Worse, one of the worst of anybody that I know. Uh, <laughs> try and ask him how many helicopters he has one day. Um, mm-hmm. And the other guy is uh, Justin Klein. Is another really good guy in the hobby. And uh, those two walked up to me and Mike hands me a wad of cash. I'm like, huh? He says, here, he says, we all got together this morning and decided to go and pool our money together to buy you a new set of blades for your 800. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, and what are 800 I, blades? They're like almost 200 bucks, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not in this hobby because like, you know, 
I can I, I if I if I couldn't afford to fix the helicopter, I wouldn't be in this hobby, right? Right. As I said, I do get paid reasonably well, um, but I'll tell you that talk about a great group of guys. You know, yeah, the RC helicopter mm-hmm. community is fantastic. You know, we've you guys mentioned on the on the show regularly uh, the RC heli hangout. You see people all the time on the hangout. Yeah, just send me your address. I'll go and send you this thing, send you this part. The heli mm-hmm. community, man, they're the best community of ever. You know, uh, you know, there's always a couple of bad apples in every group, but man, sure. overall, yeah, the the helicopter community is one of the best. Uh, I remember years ago, a number of years ago, I had an email conversation with Colin Bell, um, mm-hmm. who's uh, you know sponsored. There's a guy actually you guys need to get on the show one of these days. Another pro, Colin Bell, yeah. really good guy, and uh, good get get the good newfie accent out yet too. And uh, <laughs> anyways, and. We've been actually we've been trying to get him to come out to the west coast here, Canada. To to I'd love to meet him face to face. But anyways, um, I, I had an email conversation with him about with about contesting stuff years ago. And the one thing he had commented on, and we've you know we've seen this since with the, with Kyle and Kyle, right? How they seem to be good friends and and get along so well. He has said he says he's had competitors literally they'll go and share parts with each other. Mm-hmm. Once the flight starts, they're yep. in competition. Yeah, yep. but when it comes to you know your competitor off the off the flight kind of thing, yeah, mm-hmm. he says they're sharing parts with each other, they're helping each other out, and, yeah. and whatnot, trying to get each other's hel- their competitors' helicopters flying again. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, and you don't always see that everywhere. No, you know, yeah. RC car world, especially you're not going to see that. Yeah, especially yep, RC car world and then a competition environment. Yeah. And I, I've heard the same thing with the the FPV drone racing guys too. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it, the competition can get pretty bad. And the helicopter guys, no, nah, we got we got the greatest group of guys out there. Well, it's good to hear yeah, that story. Yeah. Uh, you mm-hmm. know about that? What happened to you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that did a lot more for me than those guys will ever realize. Honestly, nice because you know. Yeah. Uh, I was I was having a few personal issues for a couple uh, that uh, for a couple of weeks before that that I had mm-hmm. been dealing with and I got hit hard by somebody that was a, a close friend of mine with something that, uh, um, you know, with some personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was so looking forward to that fun fly as being a major getaway from this crap that had been going on. Right. And when those guys walked up to me and to do that, and they had no idea as to any of this other personal stuff that I've been dealing with and going through. I tell you, just the fact that they did that, you know, it makes guy feel wanted. He makes him feel special, you know, and, and in a good way, you know, not mm-hmm. in the short bus kind of way. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was just, it was an amazing feeling. It really was. And I can't, I can't thank those guys enough. They're, you know, Mike and his girlfriend, Justin and his girlfriend, I think, another couple, Mark and Angela Matheson. There's a bunch of other people out there, and I'm purposely trying to name names that you know. So hopefully these guys can feel recognized <laughs> that um, that I don't even know who all threw money in the into that pool into that pot. All right, but I I'll, I am forever grateful. I am really am forever grateful to those guys for what they did because that helped me a lot more than just money wise. You know, the money wise is not the thing. You know, when, right. when something like that happens in in my mind and when I, what I've taken out of stuff like that uh is that i always turn around 
and I don't know if it's called paying it forward or whatever you want to call yeah. it, but you know, it, it, like I see little things that my father in law will do to people that nobody really recognizes and it has nothing to do with RC, but it can relate to yep. your story. Yep. And then I find myself, you know, doing that, helping people out that when I'm on a job that, you know, it's just, yeah, I see him doing it and I'm like, you know what? That makes sense, you know, to, to, to do that. Or if somebody's yep. helped me out in that respect, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you kind of actually, you know, you don't really even think about turning around and helping somebody out that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's probably what happened to those guys. You know, they, yeah. they probably have been in the, in, it's just like you said, it's a great community and, you know, they probably have had that happen to them where yeah. community members have helped them out and it's just, they just didn't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The cool part is too, you know, finish it off is, uh, uh, I, when I told, uh, I, I was like, I was, you know, absolutely flabbergasted and jaw drop on the floor kind of a thing. And I, I didn't know what to say. And I said that I said like, I, I don't know what to say. Thank you. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Justin that popped, piped up and he says, say that you'll get that helicopter flying by the end of the day. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh. Yep. You know, so it's like, yeah, I guess I got to do that now, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> so I did. Nice. This is where it was. Uh, it was fun. I actually I got the helicopter flying by mm-hmm. the end of the day, and not only that, um, we had an auto rotation contest at the end of the day. So I entered that eight hundred into an auto rotation contest and got second place. Oh, nice! <laughs> did you do it inverted? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was pretty gun shy of doing inverted autos sure, for a couple yeah, weeks after, after that. that. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> just messing around. I finally did my first. I did one an inverted auto again a couple of weeks ago, and then last weekend or this weekend here on Saturday was the first time I actually did more. You know, actually mm-hmm. decided okay, well, I'm actually going to do inverted autos again. Nice. <laughs> but this time he did it with the oxy too, Steve. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I did it with the 800 okay. again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Believe me, you know that 800 is so easy to auto. Oh, I bet. <sighs> those oh, those sure. blades hold their energy so easy, so well. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's yeah, we got the best community out there. Nice. You know, uh-huh. great stuff. Everybody that's listening in the helicopter community, keep it up. Keep up the good work. It's yeah. uh, you know, it, it it's some very often. It's not unusual, or it's it is often not necessarily a money thing, right? It wasn't for me a money thing. It was everything else in behind it, the 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 whole you know the thought process, the thought, the thoughts behind it and whatnot. That that meant more, still means more to me yeah. than uh, than the actual money. Yeah, right. And uh, I yeah. so appreciate what those guys did. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So. Great. So I, I think that's it for the main topic. That's yeah? it, man. There was one other thing, actually, I wouldn't mind bringing up if I could, actually. Bring, yeah, what's up? Bring it up. So Mac. We, we sort of mentioned Mac earlier. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so here in here in Canada, version of AMA. Yes, we have Mac, which is a Canadian version of the AMA. Um, within Mac, and I don't know whether the AMA does this or not, but we within Mac, we have a number of different communities. Or sorry, not communities. <laughs> committees. Mm-hmm. And uh, about three years ago, no, two years, two and a half years ago, something like that. Like I say, I'm terrible with remembering dates. Um, I had the opportunity to become the chairperson for the helicopter committee within Mac. Okay. Um, and that's all across Canada. And uh, so one of the things that uh, um, 
is my responsibility is Mac has a magazine that comes out every two months. Okay. And I'm the one that the guy that has to write the articles for it. Nice. Um, and it's quite interesting. Um, uh, but the other thing is I got to buy, you know, supply pictures. And so I wanted to make a plea out to all my, all the Canadian listeners out here. You know, if you got, uh, I'm a huge supporter of fun flies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I get the opportunity to organize a fun fly myself every year, uh, for, for my local flying club. And of course you guys go and or- organize one for you guys yet too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a fair amount of work that can go into those things to get them oh, you know, yeah. to do them right. For one, go to the local fun fly. Yes. You know, anybody that's listening, if you're scared to go to a fun fly, just buck up and do it. Yeah, you know, you mean if you don't fly the first goal. time? Yeah, 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 and and see what it's all about. But, and that's the other thing, though, too. Even, you know, even if you don't think you're going to fly, bring a helicopter along, anyways, just mm-hmm. in case, because you never yeah. know. You might all of a sudden go. You know what? Maybe I will try and fly. Also, um, it's a great place to get help. Yes, yes, big yeah. time, big time. You know, the fun fly that I have the opportunity to organize. I tried in my advertisements for it. I specifically say. This is a great fun fly for beginners. If this mm-hmm. is your first time ever coming to a fun fly, this is the one to come to kind of a thing, you know, Yeah. because we really do try to be beginner friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I'd love to get to, I, I want, I'm terrible at taking pictures. So okay. please people send me some pictures for, uh, for, you know, f- send magazine. me what pictures of what you're doing for the magazine. Send me, you know, send me a, cu- a short blurb on, you know, your flying, your fun fly that you attended or what you guys are just doing on the weekends. Yeah. Um, if you got pictures, whatever, you know, I'm out here on the West Coast of Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada's a big country. I, it, For me to get out to Ontario and Newfoundland and Nova Scotia, Quebec, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, all those other places up north too, you know, it's not so easy to for me to do that. Sure. And I want to be able to go, I want to be able to go and, and spread the addiction of helicopters as best as possible, right? And yes. the more story ideas, give me a write-up on what you're doing. Give me some pictures. Give me whatever you think might work. I will, even if you, even for people, if they want to write a, a completely separate article um, and they don't know how to do it, let me know. I can make it. You know, I can help help you get an, uh, uh, another article in the magazine too. Um, nice, yeah. You know, uh, it's it. I, yeah, I, I it's, people people talk about how you know when you don't uh, get it with responses. And I don't know. I'm sure you guys get reasonable response. Hopefully, anyways. But sometimes lack of response is almost worse than bad response, kind of a thing. Yeah, and in a lot of ways it feels like I wonder whether people are even reading the articles too, because mm-hmm. I'll request art pictures and I'll request ideas and, and whatnot. And I get nothing. Oh, Absolutely I, nothing. I totally understand that. And, so drop uh, us an iTunes review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Fits perfectly. <laughs> so is the Mac, uh, a, a Canadian version of AMA is their slogan like Mac and me or something like that or <laughs> Big Mac or Big Mac. Yeah. It's M A A C. Oh, okay. Model Aeronaut or Model Aeronautics Association of Canada. Okay. Is what it is. So yeah. Mac. 
Yes, yes. You know, uh, a lot of you know. I, I know the same problem happens down in the U.S. with people wondering whether or not they should get their AMA or here in Canada whether or not they should get their Mac. Well, and you, you get a lot of people. Like we do, yes, okay. we do. And insurance is a big one, but a lot of people don't realize just how much work is actually going in behind the scenes with dealing with other stuff too. There actually is people working for you to try and keep the hobby going. Uh, in behind the scenes well yeah can, um, canadian more so right nobody ever knows about um in some ways yeah it wasn't like last year the president was having like nightmares about drones flying into planes that actually that wasn't our prime minister that was the the head of head of transport canada okay uh, is who was doing that yeah and uh and he's still we i gotta say one thing that i have that we in canada are fortunate on is uh mac actually has a very good relationship with Transport Canada. Um, And at this point so far, any of the rules that they have come down upon, and they've made a number of rules that I really strongly disagree with, Mm -hmm. but all of those rules, they have put in exceptions for anybody who is a member of MAC at a MAC-sanctioned field. Yeah, Andre. Andre Russo. Yeah, actually, I've sent him an email about that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so I guess the uh, the head of what what did you say it was the head of uh, head transport head of Canada transport yeah, yeah. is that does transport. that include everything uh, or is that just yeah. air? Okay, no, they they do everything. Yeah, so it's a little bit yeah. broader than the FAA, but it's similar. Yes, so it's like FAA yeah. and DOT. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. So and they have their own different branches for everything then too, right? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. to control that. But yeah, the the Transport Canada, the head, and we have we actually have a very good. Uh, we've got a, an actual committee specifically dedicated to dealing with Transport Canada nice. uh, within Mac, um, and we actually have a very good relationship, working relationship with Transport Canada, and that's one of the reasons why uh, they were willing to go and put in an exception for any Mac members. Uh, as long as we're flying at a max sanctioned field, anyways. Sure. Yeah. Is it expensive to join that, or what? No, it's not. Okay. It's about. Uh, I don't remember. I always buy a three year membership, and it's so it's been a couple of years since I've done it. But I think it's I think it's around ninety bucks Canadian a year, ninety to hundred dollars Canadian. Yeah, that's, that's like sixty bucks US. Yeah. yeah. So it's similar. And, yeah, and 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 this might be something to consider down the U.S. too. But I I was actually talking with one of our local uh, zone directors in Mac uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and he was commenting. You know, there's a lot of people that think their house insurance will cover them for problems, and here in Canada, anyways. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the U.S. as well. Uh, a lot of insurance companies are starting to purposely remove radio mm-hmm. control aircraft out of their house insurance yeah. policies now. I've heard um, something so, like that, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, you know, I don't want, I hate to think about Mac as only being for insurance, although that's one of the reasons why I buy it. Uh, it's a major reason why I get but my it, Mac wait, every wait, year. But does Mac insure, like, it just insures an incident, right? At a field, if something were to happen. Um, y- they will. It doesn't insure, like, your property, like, if something were no. to go wrong. No, not as far as I know. No. Okay. Well, neither would the um, AMA, Steve. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but it's, it's saying that the, the home insurance. It's very insurance, similar. So. But okay. a lot of people figure, like, if they get injured or something <laughs> like that, too, their house insurance will cover them. Actually, I think Mac will cover certain kinds of damage as well. Actually, I don't. I'm not positive on that. I can't remember. I have looked at the the, the policy. 
mm-hmm. which the policy is available on the website. Um, and I have looked at it. I just don't remember right now whether or not it was yeah. it covers uh, property damage or not. But I seem to remember there was a little bit. Um, and one of the things actually that they have been able to expand on their coverage too is if you're for especially for uh, fixed wing people, um, mm-hmm. if you're flying a little park park flyer in a in a park that allows mm-hmm. you to fly, yeah. they will actually cover you there as well. Yeah, yeah. Amy, I think um, does that also. Yeah, as long as okay. it's within a certain size and weight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. two six of butter. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So the the policy actually is pretty good. It's actually mm-hmm. pretty darn good insurance policy, and for you know what is it, like ninety or hundred bucks a year. She's nothing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, that's nothing. Yeah, and it allows you to go and come to all the all flying events then too. Right. 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 You know? And that's I mean besides insurance, you know I that. My AMA is mainly so I could fly at my club and at flying events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yep. Because, exactly. you know, for the longest time, I think Kevin and I used to just go to a field and fly and yeah. didn't really have a care in the world. But, yeah, you know. We still had AMA because yeah. we would go to events and yeah, wanna, Yeah, but the only go. reason I got AMA is because we went to Flight Fest. If we didn't go to Flight Fest that year, I wouldn't bother. Or NEF. I think that we went NEF yeah, and then Flight Fest. But, yeah. But either way, it was because of the events that were, like, required it. So I was like, okay, I got to get it. Yeah. Uh, cool. Nice. So, should I just send you some pictures of my goblins? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they might make good, uh, you know, good, good uh, burning material. To there you fire go. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I heard it's pretty cold up there. So, <laughs> uh, awesome. I have actually uh, had a couple of guys from the U.S. approach me because I've I've posted on Facebook on Heli Hangout and a couple other places too, and uh, you know, I would love to do. Get you know get uh, uh put stuff from the U.S. But in all honesty, it probably really would be best if I could stick with Canadian uh, Canadian stuff as best as best. Reach out to um, what's his name? So. Oh, he does fly goblins though. So. Hmm. <laughs> Who's uh, that? <laughs> Kevin Saint Sir Saint Cyr. He's I think he... um he's more on the Quebec side of yeah. Canada. Okay, I couldn't remember uh, if he was. I thought okay, Kevin. Yeah. yeah I've never met him. I've heard. I, I know the name, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a team pilot for SAD. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good pilot, and he's mm-hmm. a great kid. You know, he's yeah. he's young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he's Canadian, and he, yeah. you know, he has those awesome videos where he's he's yeah. you know flying in the snow, and you know he's Canadian, but he ain't like a shivering <laughs> down here. <laughs> actually, that that reminds me of one other thing too. Actually, is I'm looking for more committee members too. Okay. Um, uh, so if people are across Canada, I'm allowed two committee members per zone, which there are, I think it's, I don't remember now. I think it was 10 zones across Canada. Okay. So um, that'd be like our equivalent districts. I yeah, think, right? yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Same thing. And, uh, so if, if somebody is, uh, interested in becoming a committee member for, for the helicopter committee, uh, you know, I'm, I, I would love to get a few more committee members. Uh, no, that'd be great. I really would. Uh, so yeah, if anybody's listening, it'd be interesting. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice way to contribute, and uh, we, I'll, I'll say this: you're not su- you're not going to be super busy. I don't ke- I don't <laughs> make you guys get too busy. So uh, I keep the workload very low for you guys. Awesome. So like maybe one or two things that I need a year, kind of a thing, is basically about it. Uh, yeah, like sending so. pictures of your heli. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so. Oh, boy. All right, so let's move it on to our top 10 shotgun round. All right. 
Yeah. All right. Cool. Do you want to go first, Kevin? We're going to shoot I... off a few questions, Darren. Yep. All right. So, so you know this, right? I'm ready. I'm You're a regular ready. listener. I'm ready. Yeah. I got my answers prepared. No. Yeah. Okay. U.S. or Canadian? I'm only Canadian. Okay. <laughs> That's not one of the questions. <laughs> Uh, but I like. You should throw like a real curveball. <laughs> <laughs> you should. French. She was like, "I'm ready. I got my answers." Like, oh, French yeah? <laughs> or French Canadian? <laughs> wait, wait. First of all, what's up with your plastic money? <laughs> what, what? You don't like our money? At least uh, our money is multicolored and it's not just one color. Sure, sure, but <laughs> I don't mind the the multicolor. Like, you know, I don't mind. You know, I, I actually do mind the euros because they're like super big when when I went to Europe. But, but you know, we, my wife and I went to um, Niagara Falls and Toronto area, and you know, mm-hmm. went to the casinos and we're like, cool, let's go get some money. And she thought it was casino money <laughs> because it was plastic. It was clear plastic in the middle part where it has like the uh, the picture of the queen or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. And it was, she was like, what is this? This is plastic. I was like, this is their currency up here. What? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, it's supposed to last longer, I think, is what they were tra- saying. So Okay. And it's harder to probably, I mean, I I don't know if it's, is it harder to duplicate or counterfeit? Probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. You, okay. you know what's funny about that? Um, uh-huh. You know, ca- Canadian American. Right? <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> but we up here in Canada, we have a store called Canadian Tire. Okay. And it's sort of a general mer- merchandise store kind of a thing is what it is. Okay. And they, they're they starting to move away from it. But, you know, how different stores offer points and all that kind of a thing. Well, these guys instead would offer Canadian tire dollars. Okay. And it looks very similar to Canadian money. And not exactly. I mean, it's it, it, you, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that it's different. Sure. But there actually have been people here in Canada who have gone down to the U.S. to try and pass it off as Canadian money and gotten away with it. <laughs> wow. Because it's multicolored just like Canadian money. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so there's certain advantages for us anyways when sure. you know, having colored money that looks different like that all right because when, <laughs> when, I went, when, when we went up to Canada we we're like wow the currency exchange works so much in our favor right now yeah, so I know tell it's me so, about it I know that only too well you guys. <laughs> I was like damn this is great I'm like that yeah I'm like let's get a couple more hundreds on an ATM and spend it. <laughs> until you okay. try and cross the border yeah yeah, yeah no you had to spend it all there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so top ten shotgun round. Okay, Kevin, you go first. Okay, pinch or thumb? Pinch. Nitro electric. Electric. Five fifty or seven hundred. Oh, you know I like my big helicopters. It's seven hundred all the way. Nice. When was the last time you owned a flybar? Saturday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting that one, were you? <laughs> no. We have not had that answer on that uh-huh. question. <laughs> I, I, I am probably, I started in Flybar. Okay. And when I, you know, back when I started, what, 14, whatever years ago, Flybarless was just, just barely coming out. Okay. Um, you know, what's now Bavarian Demon was Heli Command. And the Heli Command was a main big one coming out. And they were just starting to come out. And it was really super complicated to set up. Um, Skookum, uh, my, you know, Skookum was actually a Vancouver based company which is yeah. why they were so popular out here. Mm-hmm. And they had their Skookums 360, which was a flybarless controller that did not have a tail gyro. You actually had to go and run an external tail gyro at that oh. time. 
Really? Wow. That. Yes. I know I'm in the minority when I say this. I am still a fan of beginners starting with a flybard helicopter. Um, I have seen way too many people struggle when they're learning to fly and they don't know. They're having a problem flying the helicopter. They don't know whether it's mechanical, electronic, or themselves. Yeah. And if you can remove that flywireless controller out of the equation, it basically boils down to mechanical or the pilot. Hmm. I have a rebuttal for, for that. Part. So, yeah? Yeah, just go V-control. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to. Uh, that's my, that is my, my plan eventually, actually. Because V-Control, you set it up and fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the base settings but just work. Even there, you know what? Like, uh, Especially amongst the group that I, uh, that I fly with, a lot of the mm-hmm. guys, uh, you get guys who are in their 50s and 60s, didn't grow up with computers mm-hmm. that are starting. V, V-Control is complicated to them. Because, you know, you're, you're young enough that you grew up with computers already in the computer generation. Well, yeah. And, yeah. you know, my generation, which, uh, Kevin, I think I'm, I'm, I'm only a couple of years younger than you are, uh, or a few years younger than you. You damn A lot kids. of us, yeah, we didn't really necessarily grow up with computers as, as, as well. And so you get a guy uh, who's in his fifties. And that's what I've seen a lot. A lot of the guys that mm-hmm. I've helped out with that are starting in helicopters, they're in their fifties and they, or, you know, are older and they are, they struggle with anything computer wise. They but really it's not do. really a computer though, because but you it's just still a controller. It's yeah, different. There, it's not as different as you think. Um, you know, because I've done the computer setups. Those are annoying. Yeah. Especially well, when you can't connect yeah. to the damn unit in this yeah, one. That shit enough. is just bird. <laughs> true yeah. enough. Listen, take your V-bar and get the hell off my lawn. <laughs> Come on, man. Hashtag V-bros, man. Join the, join the revolution. <laughs> Hashtag I plan old on man it. metal. Old man I, metal. Hell yeah. There we go. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I found a couple of your old man metal videos once. Oh, they're oh, awesome, boy. isn't they? Yeah. Did you, have there. you found his, his brown tesh ninja videos yet? Oh, no, geez. I haven't seen that. Oh, dude, I just opened a can of worms. <laughs> hey, if it's on the internet, I did it. It's fair game, right? It's fair game. If it's on the internet, it's fair game. Yep. Oh, boy. It took me a while to find the old man mellow one, but I had to search for a bit, but I did eventually find one. I had, when you guys had talked about it way back when, I had to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to look for it up. <laughs> look it up. Yeah, no, for sure. It's great. Um, <laughs> All right. Gale or 3D? Oh. <laughs> 3D. Okay. Although I will say this, guys that fly scale, man, that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not, right? It, it's not. It's close to precision flying, I think. It is. It's it's to make it fly realistic. Um, it's it takes a lot of work and a lot of con- concentration. Um, I've been. I, I I actually was very fortunate this year. I got a friend of mine has a one fifth scale Lama. Holy crap, that's got to be wow. huge. It's, yeah, it's a nice big helicopter. And I have been, he has been incredibly generous and has allowed me to take uh, fly it twice. Um, both of the videos are actually on YouTube of me flying it. Um, nice. In fact, I, he had me take it for its maiden flight after he, uh, for, to, because he was a little, he was too nervous to try and take it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and I tell you, trying to, you know, it's a really nice, easy helicopter to fly. Mm-hmm. But even still, trying to fly any helicopter to make it look like it's the real thing. Yeah. 
there's a lot of skill involved with that. People that think that scale flying is just fly it straight and upright, it's more than that. It's definitely more than that. Yeah, but a lot of I'm still a 3D guy at heart. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does, but I'm still a 3D guy at heart. So nice. Okay, strap or strapless? I do use a strap. Okay. I just, uh, yeah, I, I can fly without one. Mm-hmm. I have flown without one, but I, I prefer a strap. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. Coreless or brushless servos? Um, I actually prefer coreless if I can, but <laughs> having said that, almost all my helicopters are all brushless. So <laughs> I, <laughs> nice. I, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm a little hypocritical in that way. <clears throat> I kind of know that answer. Fuselage style or pod and boom? Oh, pod and boom. Yep. Definitely. Uh, 6S or 12S? You know, I do like the 12S power. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, it's, there's just something about, you know, a 12S 700 helicopter. Uh, a, a good friend of mine out here who I fly with regularly, he's a nitro guy at heart. Mm-hmm. loves his nitro helicopters mm-hmm. he is diehard nitro through and through yep. and we finally got him on a 12s he bought bought the new align t-rex 760 oh boy mm-hmm. and oh, nice. so that's his first that's his first ever electric 700 size helicopter mm-hmm. and well let's just say he's happy yeah <laughs> he's he's yeah. he's liking it <laughs> for sure <clears throat> yeah all right, uh, Urcha or smaller events? I've never been to anything as big as Urcha. So the biggest event I've ever been to has had maybe 40 pilots. Wow. Yeah. We just don't get any events bigger than that. That's one of the reasons why I'd like to go to something like Snohomish or, or mm-hmm. RCHN or something like that. Because I've always wanted to go to a bigger event like that. Always have. Yeah. So I got to say, my, my, you know, I and yeah, I, I got to say, I think, you know, smaller event just simply because that's what i'm used to so i'd love to go to a big one i'm not a huge crowd person anyways mm-hmm. so yeah. i prefer a smaller group anyways so i'll but, say smaller. yeah i mean you know smaller events in my opinion are a little bit better mm-hmm. i mean but there's something to say like well i mean it depends on how small you're talking about like so 40 40 people like say 30 to 50 pilots right that's like mm-hmm. you know that's that's definitely on a smaller side see for us that's big Really? Because for me, I, something for me like, that's a big event already for me. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something like Spring Fling, which gets in about 160 pilots, yeah. it's still, in my opinion, considered a small event or feels like a small event. Yeah. But yeah, for the us, flying and the fun you have, it's it's just yeah. like a small event, but you're with 160 people now. You're like yeah. with 160 friends instead of 30. So Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is here in BC. And we got a good group of helicopter pilots here in BC, but... Uh, you know, the, the event that I do, I get maybe about 19, 20 people coming out. Um, the one that I was at in Vancouver Island there at the beginning of May, there is only, I think, it was like 18 or 19 pilots registered. Mm. Um, and that's pretty common size for here in BC. That's not a bad okay. size, though. That was about the size of our first event. It, it's yeah. not. It, it is a good size because you get to know everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, it's one of those ones where you get you you pretty much know everybody in the event, and you get to visit with everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this year, on you know, I was the only one that brought a night helicopter this year, and they didn't they couldn't afford to spring for uh, for night lights. So what? So rather than fly in the evenings, we just sat around the fire and visited. You know, and almost everybody's just sat around the fire and visited. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a good good nice. chat, good good talk. You know, and it's yeah. I like it. Have it's some adult uh, beverages and relax and yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. So awesome. <laughs> All right, so um, we're gonna actually skip news and announcements this week. We're running a little bit over. So let's Sorry. move right. No, no worries. It's it's also mine. Like I, I started late too. So, um, so let's move to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for you, Steve? So those parts that I told you I ordered for. Um, well, I didn't I didn't state this earlier, but I did order parts for my Oxy three to be fixed. So I got those coming in with my my uh, black nitro three bladed tail setup, and that's actually maybe coming in tomorrow. So I got cool. that to work on. Uh, besides that, fixing the Oxy three, getting the black nitro upgrade with three blade tail. I just want to fly. I'm dying to fly. Um, this weekend, uh, you know, I hope to fly on Sunday, I guess, and hopefully the weather will be nice for that. So that's that's about it for me. Nice. What about you, Kevin? Uh, dude, I am gonna make all the effort I can into getting that three D printed plane ready. I want to try and get that. To ready to go and try and maiden it before it gets way too hot because <laughs> I don't want to come back with a ball of plastic. Yeah, I'll just wasn't wait it Andre ball. that had that happen? Yeah. Yeah. His uh, Spitfire did that, I think. I listen to their, I listen to their podcast regularly too. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. They do a great show, the RC After Hours. They guys. do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And um, maybe I'll get the motor in that 3D printed car. I don't know. My helis are fixed. So, um, and I have the 500 I'm still slowly working on. I have a Neo I have to figure out what I'm going to do with. And uh, that's about it. Clean up the garage a little more. You said you have a mini V-bar, right? For that you put in there? Or you put a regular size V-bar? I put a mini in the 500, yeah. Why don't you swap that to your Oxy4 and just or Oxy whatever. And then use the bigger Doug Darby case uh, Neo in your scale. I want to put the Neo in the Oxy4. Okay. <laughs> I just want, I don't know. <laughs> where are you going to put the flywires controller in the scale like is it going to be well hidden away uh on the five on the line 500 there's a, a mounting tray underneath the the uh, okay. you know the rear part of the frame that's specifically for you're flying v control as well though aren't you yeah mm-hmm. okay then it doesn't matter doesn't that's one thing i had to worry about with my scale helicopters how to update it well how to or even access it in. it in order to check yeah exactly so i had to permanently mount the usb cable in there yeah that's what i did in the uh 450 i still have yeah. my icon in that and i had to mount a cable in there and just leave it in there i had a short one yeah yeah so that's it for me man nice oh one more thing i want to add real quick where the hell is my v control touch where okay. is it i don't know it's june it's supposed that's to come what i'm waiting june. for that's what i'm yeah. waiting for i i want I, I haven't done any updating on, on any of my needles purposely so i could Try this over the air uh, update, <laughs> but no, I just—I mean, I, I don't even care about updating anything. All my shit flies great, so I just—I'll leave it. But um, I just—I want the new controller. I got—I special changed my order to the yellow one because I wanted something different than the black one. So where the hell is it? Okay, uh, <laughs> you didn't get a letter. It's at the uh, border, and you know we just need three thousand dollars so we can release it. You didn't get that letter. No, I I think my spam filter that, that scam letter. Yeah, I think my spam filter uh, oh. took care of it. You know, put it at the same place with the Nigeria print. So. Oh man, I gotta send that personally. Then that email. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, Darren, what, what you got going on next for you? Oh, I was hoping to say flying, but it's not looking too good. It, it this I was looking at the weather report this weekend, and they're calling for rain pretty much the entire weekend. So mm. we'll see. I I got an email in to uh, uh, to get my see about the parts for my scale head. Yeah, other, I got to figure out how to go and mount the lights on that scale helicopter yet too. That's that's a going to be an interesting one. I got to figure out yet too because on the MD five hundred D version, which is what mine is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the light to, there's actually two lights that go in the skid uh, right in the tip in the of, the, pipes. Uh, right. yeah. of the pipes yeah and i'm not quite sure how i'm going to get the wires to them yet yeah because uh, i don't want the wires to show yeah you can i mean <clears throat> being as a 600 you can drill a little hole for the like next to where just i guess one of your landing gears on the back so you can run the wires to that and then run it through the piping um yeah my, i had a 250 is, yeah and I couldn't, you know, that was too small to do that. So I just basically yeah. put the wire on the skids and just uh, shrink wrapped it. Yeah. So, See, the skids yeah. itself is hollow. That's fine. But that, yeah. that uh, landing rod or part that goes down to, to hold mm-hmm. the skids, it's yep. solid. Yeah. It's it's not hollow on mine. Yeah. And trying to go and drill, it's probably about four inches long. Trying to go and yeah, drill a small tough. hole that long is not an easy thing to do. So I don't know. I, I I'm got a couple ideas i gotta look at here and see what i can figure out what i'm what i'm gonna be happy with Mm -hmm. so but that's probably in the hobby that's yeah i think that's about it not a whole lot actually all my stuff is flying really nicely right now so (laughs) don't have us for repairs nice yeah all right so uh before we do our wrap up uh do you want to give any contact info folks want to hit you up yeah. Say, hey, I want to do your Mac stuff, or I want to send you some pictures, or I yeah. just want to ask you more about this, uh, you know, plastic the money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that too. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I can be reached on Facebook, Darren Weens, and the last name is spelled W I E N S. Um, uh, it's I, I don't I don't have Facebook Messenger on my phone, so I don't respond quickly to Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do respond, and then the the probably the best way is by email. Uh, for anybody in Canada, my email is is uh, posted in the magazine and in, in the Mac magazine, and it's rc heli darren, all one word, rc heli darren at gmail dot com. So yeah, awesome. All right, let's uh, wrap it up then. All right, wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right, Facebook likes. We are at 783 likes. Uh, it didn't say we had any new likes, but we didn't do this for we didn't do this last week, so I'm surprised we don't have, you know, a number of likes. But I do notice that there's four names. So let's cue the music, and I will butcher these names. Okay. All right. So we have Brian Tornavasia, Jay Spence, Samuel Lubricant. Wait a okay. minute. What? <laughs> and James Johnson. Jimmy Johnson? James Johnson. Oh, James uh, Johnson. Oh. No, by wait, the way. Wait, wait, no, no, by the way. Samuel Lubricant? Is that what I, I need on my one-way bearing? What the hell? Yes, you need you need Samuel's Lubricant. Damn. <laughs> that could go in the gutter so quickly. That's a, yes. Uh-huh. That's a great name. I love that. I don't care if it's fake. Oh, man. Now I forgot how to... Ah, uh, shoot. I forgot how they pronounced it. So I was listening to a back episode 
um, well, I'm backed up on episodes, but I was listening to a little the Jimmy Jones, Jimmy J- Jimmy John, whatever. Uh, damn, what the hell's his name? Jerry Jones. Jimmy Jones. No, Jimmy Jones. Jimmy right? Jones. It's uh, the full pitch. Yeah. yeah. So I was listening to their Jimmy podcast Jones. where they were at um, Mayday, I think, Heli event. Okay. And one of the folks that came up on the mic was Jericho Byrne, but his name wasn't it wasn't pronounced Jericho Byrne. Well, remember he said, "I whenever I get a chance to meet you, I can tell you what my actually how, how to pronounce it." Yeah, he said something like that in an email to us one time. Yes, but oh man, I forgot how you said it because it was it sounded it, like I knew it was Jericho Byrne as soon as. He said his name. I was like, "Oh, that's Jericho Burns." <laughs> right. Why don't you? Why doesn't he say his name right? But I'm gonna have anyway. you got to get him on the listener series then too. And then he'll. Mm-hmm. Then you can learn how to pronounce his name. Then yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, which by the way, I'm pretty sure I can say Moradios nicely too. Nice, nice. There you go. <laughs> Frank will appreciate awesome. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Facebook comments. What do we got? Facebook comments. I found a post by our buddy Andrew Schneider uh, to where he was out at an event uh, with the FT guys and I thought it was great he had a lot of a lot of good pictures uh, of himself and uh, and the FT the flight test guys it was pretty cool so I just wanted to nice. mention that because I saw it on Facebook it wasn't really a Facebook comment towards us but uh, Andrew's a good dude and I just wanted to mention that I saw it awesome man do we have any website comments? We have an email from our buddy Javier. Awesome. Entitled A Plane Episode. And uh, he's, he says, wow, that was a long episode. <laughs> I guess he's talking about the Lane's Planes one. Yeah, um, yeah, Lane's Planes. Uh-huh. He said he saw the title and he said, I have to admit, I said, ugh. <laughs> Sorry, Lane, if you're listening, <laughs> but Javier is a helicopter guy. He said he cannot yeah. he cannot miss an episode of our show, but when we have planes on, it's really difficult because he just doesn't do them. And some of the things yeah, that no were interest. said, yeah, it goes right over his head. Um, and he I enjoyed that show actually. I, I'm a heli guy at heart too, but man, he did a he, he was good. I, I quite enjoyed listening to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh huh. So, but what did Javier say? He said <laughs> that he lives in the area or lived in the area for a short time, uh, Grand Island, Nebraska. So he was familiar with Hastings and. Uh, he said that he even mentioned that he had a friend in Grand Island, so he saw, thought that was pretty cool. But he also did say that, like you know, he has a he has a difficult time because he doesn't like these you know this co- topic or has no interest. But he really did enjoy the episode too. So yeah, so thanks, Javier. Yeah, thanks, Javier. People of Podbean. People of Podbean. Jeep World started following us to two thousand two. Uh, my. Chael01 started following us. Uh, Danger started following us. Danger's my middle name. And uh, <laughs> Luke Cavill started following us. Honda CRX91 started following us. Musumil Body... Jeez, uh, oh, I've said his name a million times and I screwed it up. I know. Musumil Bazi started following us. Um, Jeep World 2002 liked episode 121, Lanes Planes, and so did Dugbo. And PBGF, uh, Jesus, Star Wars droid, uh, started, he liked it too. And full pitch RC Heli podcast liked episode, uh, 126, listener series volume 11 with Wes Pennypacker. Uh, okay. 
BVGHJ, uh, Jericho Byrne. Once again, you guys are killing it. Episode 124 of Spring Flame. These are the comments. Okay. Uh, Dennis Delisle, full, fully enjoyed the episode. Great to hear a guest fully enjoying another aspect of RC Flight. Been slowly getting to FPV as well. Certainly is fun. And this is episode 126, Listener Series Volume 11 with Wesley uh, Wes Pennypacker. Deep Roll 2002, I charge a 4010's best. Heart, hard eyes I've ever spent. Uh, <laughs> episode 126, listener, listener series volume 11. Yeah, my eye charger was the best money I spent until it blew up in my face. <laughs> Who said that? But no, no. Huh? Who said that? No, no, I said that. Oh. I'm saying that. Oh, it, it was. It's a great charger, but it sucks that it blew up in my face. <laughs> uh, I wonder if your power uh, supply failed first, actually, is what I said. I think it did. Yeah. yeah. I think it did. I think my power supply failed, and then I was like an idiot and says, hey, let me just plug it back in and see what happens. Okay, let's see here. Jeep Roll, I'm trying to do this quick, so sorry if I uh, kind of rushed through it. But Jeep Roll 2002 says, hey, did you guys see the Hangar 9 Ash 31 6.4 meter glider? Holy $2,600. I need a Horizon payment plan. That's for episode 126. That is a lot of money. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Jeep Roll 2002 says, you guys fucking rock. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. We We're just... still PG-13. We're still PG-13. Right. That's only one, okay, one right. F-bomb. PG-13. Right. Uh, episode 126. Listen to Series 5, 11 with Wes Pennybacker. Okay. Jeep Road. Woo. You're, you're giving me uh, giving me a lot to talk about right here. Okay. <laughs> Jeep Road 2002. Seven days ago. Hey, question mark. How do I rebuild my new-to-me 1980s bird-of-time power glider? Question mark. I have I had a 3S and running spinoff it firewall it seems thin do i use balsa bass what thickness contemplate a i don't know it seems like he's trolling me right here <laughs> this is a long thing i was contemplating 32 inch sheet aluminum i got two fishing weight sinkers donut shaped leads so think about maybe 62 inch sheet of circle shape punched out ground punch out to mount motor screws <laughs> i mentioned and two or four wing bent back with four with two screws to screw to fuse Wow, my phone's turning off before I can finish reading this. Or do the firewall circle from builders. It got a nose cone and a pretty streamlined, so maybe I'll make an OEM one and exacto the holes in double the thickness, reinforced angle of basswood. It's an in-runner, and the fuse has a mid-line motor wood support for the motor. For what? Wood support the, the motor sits on. But I was contemplating adding an auto metal hose clamp to the cross member and epoxying in place of the wooden tightener and runner i it was wow, OEM flown 12 15 the cats okay my suggestion is buy a helicopter it's easier <laughs> my answer is yes <laughs> yes <laughs> okay and uh jeep Roll 2002 four days ago says steve that sweet smell is the electrolytes 90 percent <laughs> sure you will find a tear in the cell foil punch at the seam It'd be very cautious with that light bulb. Be safe and take the shrink off the pack and inspect the cells at the scene. Episode 127, Lanes, Planes. I have it right now sitting in Mondo, and I'm hoping that it can refill the electrolytes so I can use that again. Uh, Musabil Bazi <laughs> said six hours ago, that was a very good episode. Learn, uh, learned about Lanes, Planes. Learned about Lanes, Planes. And that's for episode 127, Lanes, Planes. Okay. I'll tell you what, dude, after that episode and after looking at some of his stuff, I'm actually interested in building one of his, uh, the Cuda, definitely. I don't know which side. I want the Night Cuda so bad. Yeah, I, I definitely might think about it. Yeah, man. Well, I thought sure. about it. I definitely might get it. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. I would like to uh, have a cow one, actually. Yeah. The cow, yeah. In Norman's awesome. Yeah, Dude, I, I've never been on his really website nice. either. And after listening to it, I'm looking at Norman. I'm like, ooh, that is actually cool. See, I'd have cool to do the, the giant one. I couldn't do the 48 yeah. inch one. Yeah. And then it, trying to get it to the field in my Jeep might be a little bit of yeah. trouble. It reminded me of another plane I've seen called the Mud Duck. The Mud Duck. I've it's heard of that. Mud Duck. It, it's a very similar kind of a style. Um, it looks very cartoonish like that, too. And they're a very, very slow flying plane. They're absolutely hilarious, especially when you get two or three of them in the air at the same time. It's yeah, it's quite fun. Nice. OK, let's see here. Um, iTunes review. I see nothing new on iTunes. What a shock. Yeah, what a shock. Does anyone even listen to this? <laughs> Does anybody use <laughs> iTunes anymore? Maybe they don't use <laughs> iTunes anymore. The kids nowadays with their black socks. See, black socks. Uh, no more brown socks. You're, you're now and they're the 21st non century. iTunes users. <laughs> they're all using Spotify or something like that, right? Instagram. Heard that's yeah, they're all thing. on the as as my hipster coworkers would call it the gram. They're all on the gram. <laughs> the gram. You gotta say the gram. <sighs> yeah, like obnoxiously yeah, exactly. the gram. Is that like the Facebook? The Facebook. That, no, Facebook's for old people. That's a, that's like yeah. MySpace, <laughs> as old man metal the, would say. MySpace. Yeah. He doesn't say MySpace. He says MySpace. All right. So drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review in the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rc podcast dot show. Dot show. Uh, say hi to Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, hey, Chris. Chris. <laughs> uh, flight test forums off the field audio and video production other than flight test podcast free forcey podcast the next to our friends the ft community cast hey patch on mike okay rc heli hangouts forum under rc heli hangouts main section podcast corner and free for rc podcast in next to the rc heli hooligans podcast hey Walt ned and the full pitch rc heli podcast javier and jimmy javier's yeah <laughs> by the way i finally caught up on their episodes. those guys are doing an awesome job so you know, it's, it's so awesome to have all these podcasts to listen to. It really is. And everybody does a fantastic job. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? Each Every one of your podcasts, they all have a slightly different flair to them. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's it's one of, the re- one of the reasons why I like to listen to everybody's because everybody's got a slightly different feel to it. And everybody is good at one thing and, you know, not as a little bit weaker in others. And it's yeah. to have them all together man it's awesome it's, no, it's, it's great i think it Good was mix. summed up very well in one of the first emails we ever got when we started the show was by um i forget the guy's name now but he said you two knuckleheads are really <laughs> onto something and, uh, and that's about it yeah we're just well steve's more informed than i am i'm still an idiot <laughs> uh, i'm not i i can fake it very well <laughs> we all fake it really well oh boy <laughs> anyways uh thanks there for taking the time to come on the show we appreciate it yeah man thanks for having me i i, I enjoyed it it was fun yeah i had a good nice. time yeah for sure <laughs> all right thanks for all the listeners free our skies and we'll see you next time oh boy i should say hey
Is that your bad impression of Elvis? Yeah. Are you, are you part of the A team? I used to do a really good impression of Elvis, but not anymore. <laughs> oh, so what time is it for you guys now, too? Four in the uh, morning. 11.39. <laughs> no. It feels like four in the morning for Kevin. Because I got to get up, up at five. Up at like three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not that far. I got to get up a quarter to, quarter to five in the morning, so can't say this you know live on the air kind of a thing but uh, one of the one of the guys that we had uh test fly it um he he agreed to test fly it for us on the basis of anonymity because of who he was sponsored by right and he oh did he just drop oh man what a time to drop out that's like and the person who shot jr was yeah, for you kids out there, that was a television show that we used to have to actually sit and watch. That was before we used to be able to record the shows. Punks in your brown socks, the hell off my lawn! Oh man, what is this? No way. Where is that, Steve? I don't know. You know, he tells me uh, I'll be on. I'll be on. I'm probably be on. I think I'm gonna take uh, a little time and have a little dessert. Right here. Right here live. Right here in front of the microphone. Just me, the microphone, and my dessert. What might be that dessert? Okay, you might ask. Well, you know, it's got a little chocolate. It's got a little cherry something. Jubilee. Uh, Jubilee. It's got a little cherry jubilee. No, that's what I'm drinking. A little cherry jubilee. Uh... Just channeling the king over here. Put your hands on the podcast and feel the power. You know, I can remember the first time I went to uh, one of those uh, fast food joints. Uh, it was about 1956. In 1956, you know, they just opened up one of those, uh, what, what do you guys call those, uh, McDonald's or one of those drive through places. I took my Cadillac down there and, you know, pulled up and she asked me what I wanted to so I said, uh, uh, yes, I'd like a peanut butter and uh, uh, Yeah, must be uh, those uh, 50 milligrams of Perkadans. That's scrambling in my brain here. And, uh, I, I rolled up and I said, uh, yes, I'd like a peanut butter and banana sandwich, of course. Uh, cottage fries, spicy beef burger. You make those here, spicy beef burger? Chicken and dumplings, chicken freaking loo, falafel sandwich. Uh, let me also have one bacon and lettuce tomato sandwich. Uh, Forget that. I hate those vegetables. A baked potato with sour cream and chives. A cheese enchilada. Triple cheeseburger of Monte Cristo. Oh, and a small diet cola, please. All right. All right. So there's no, like, you know, I don't see it and share it with me. There's no it's just in my It's just in my normal roof order. Now, if I go... No sniffing this episode, dude. Hello. Do that no, cocaine no. on your own time. No what? No sniffing. Hello, Darren. Okay, that, that's an interesting way to start a call here. No sniffing cocaine. <laughs> well, I'm, no sniffing. Me. I was only assuming he was doing cocaine. Oh, jeez. It's already going in the toilet. <laughs> I just barely all I, the first the words I heard are no sniffing. I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> Did I get on the right call? <laughs> <laughs> what a way to start a call. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Hey, Kevin, when you printed your 3D printed top deck, right? Yeah. Listen to that. Solid. 
how uh, how thick did you make that top deck itself? Oh man, I know I had to. There was a sniff. See, that's what I was talking about. Oh, sorry, that's probably me. I that's uh, me that's sniffing this time. Okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, now it's okay. Now it's okay. Now it's okay. <laughs> well, I can give the guest a little leeway. I'll I'll try and do the the Fred thing and mute myself on a regular basis, but I, I make no guarantees. No, I don't do that because that gets everybody in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you're like responding, but well, no one here. I'm running a foot pedal for volume here yet too. Oh, so I like that. That's a good idea. Well, I got. Uh, well, you're a guitar. Player. I, I'm, I'm just running a wah pedal right now. Wah. There we go. Almost like the 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 Vox box. Yeah, no. Ah, there we go. Now it's turned off. I'm no. I'm running a Line Six guitar uh, for my microphone here. Oh, so that's, that's what I use. See, I can do that too. Is it? Mm. Well, which one do you have? I use Line Six. Uh, Let me get that well off. I use a Line yeah. Six. Um, it's old thing um, that I used to use. Record. Uh, Tone port UX one. It's like from okay, probably yeah. fifteen years ago. Okay, yeah, I'm using the uh, Line Six uh, the Pod X three live. Okay, 